comes Scott for the screen. Young to work on the run. Oh. Off the window, got it! 1.5 to play, and Maryland with the two-point lead. Jameer Young looking to play the role of hero in Iowa City. Great call, Buckman. Uh, I think that covers it. That's from uh, the Big Ten Network last night. As, yeah, Jameer Young really did play the role of hero. That was the one that proved to be the winner, but the two threes, you know, maybe even more significant than that. Kind of a phantom foul call against Deshaun Harris-Smith. Like, I know that we've been easy, more than willing to pile on Deshaun Harris-Smith, but the hell is he supposed to do there exactly? Maryland wins on the road at Iowa. What does it mean? Could mean a lot. Could it? Could yeah, it? Yeah, it could. How? I guess they, this team wins on the road now, I guess. Okay, except for Northwestern. They didn't win yeah, on the road. Well, they should have. Yeah. Well, but they didn't, Griffin. I don't know yeah. if you understand that. It's the way it works. They, they didn't win that one. They, should, they really should have. Keep saying it. <laughs> Doesn't really do you much. That and a nickel, you'd have a nickel. Um <laughs> I don't know. They won the game. There's that. I said this last night on Twitter. It's it's complicated. It'll be a shame if this Maryland team doesn't go on some sort of run because I, I feel like Jameer Young and the heart that he's shown over two years, he deserves to be remembered and lifted up a bit more significantly than, you know, just the next in a line of point guards that, you know, the Anthony Cowens, the Mellow Trimbles, who are nice players. I don't want I don't ever want to seem like I'm being too negative about those guys. It's just that unfortunately their accomplishments never ended up standing out in some sort of significant way because their teams weren't good enough. And it's a bummer because I, I think that what we've seen from Jameer Young has largely been even better than those guys, but you know, just how are you going to remember those? How are you going to remember in five years? Like right now, we remember the UCLA game, but that wasn't a good team. That wasn't going to be a notable win. What are you going to remember about Jameer Young in five years other than, hey, man, you know, he had some games where he really took over? It's just that's the bummer about this. Hopefully that changes and, you know, there's some sort of turning point for Maryland. But uh, if you're asking me if I'm betting on that, I would say not a chance in hell. Good morning, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. We got a lot to do as we are just three days away from the AFC Championship game. Our friend Sal Palantonio will join us in a few minutes. Later on, Tracy Wolfson, who will, of course, be part of the crew for CBS, and Ian Eagle, who's calling the game for Westwood One, all will be with us today. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma. To reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, yeah, big news today. Orioles interested in Michael Lorenzen. Everything's coming up, Orioles. Uh, we'll react to that if appropriate at another time. Um, I, I, like the, you know, Yesterday... If you want news, it's that Marlon Humphrey was on the practice field. Obviously, that's a good sign after he did not practice at all. Last week, you would think that that means that it's pointing towards Marlon Humphrey being on the field on Sunday. Mark Andrews, again, a full participant in practice, although you know he was a full participant last week, and that didn't make a difference. He didn't play in the game, but you would think at this point that with the number of practices that he's stacking and the fact that the reports were last week, 
that Mark Andrews was the target was actually always the AFC Championship game. Well, this is the AFC Championship game, so now. Now. On the flip side, uh, the Chiefs didn't have Isaiah Pacheco or uh, Joe Tooney for practice. The understanding is that Pacheco should be good to go, but uh, Tooney, as we know, a question mark leading into Sunday. The medical people say no, but then like there's the, yeah, but he could just live in a hyperbaric chamber all week and take a billion drugs and... Deer antler spray at all. Yeah. Uh, all of those things, and maybe that'll work, and all will be good. So we'll see. I, I have no idea, but it, it doesn't look great for the chances of Joe Tooney being on the field. So those were the news items yesterday as we move closer to Ravens Chiefs. Otherwise, it's just the continued drag. It's just... Like, this is the part of the week leading up to a big game, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm still amped. I'm still very excited about all of it. Wow, you don't care, huh? Yeah, exactly right. It's the part of the week where we get to the point where, um, like, the Ravens fans are trying to fight with Patrick Mahomes' trainer on Twitter because Patrick Mahomes' trainer is, like, selectively clipping videos to try to make it seem like everybody is disrespecting Patrick Mahomes, which, right, right. of course, oh, the, uh, is the exact opposite of what's going on. I saw Bengals fans were trying to be like, oh, uh, there was a game, the game where we got blown out by, uh, by, by the Bengals, and he didn't shake Joe Burrow's hands Who after did? the game. Uh, Lamar. Lamar. I'm pretty sure it was edited. Who gives a rat's ass about that? They're not playing the Bengals this week. That's what I'm saying. That's what people are doing. Well, I don't. That has. It's nothing to do with anything. Who cares what Bengals fans are doing? I saw people like me asking, "Hey, what's going on in Anchorage, Alaska today?" Like, who cares? Are slightly worried uh, that if Mark Andrews does come back, it would throw off. uh, Yeah, I I said this. We talked about this yesterday. When who brought it up yesterday? Oh, Bill Roden brought it up yesterday. There was a time. When there was, I think, a founded fear that with Mark Andrews on the field, the only person that Lamar Jackson would look at would be Mark Andrews. But as I said, that's because Mark Andrews was the only person to look at. It, you couldn't blame Lamar Jackson for only looking at Mark. What was he going to do, throw the ball to Willie Sneed? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, like we're talking about, well, you know, when Mark Andrews on the field, sometimes uh, Lamar zeroes in on Mark Andrews. Well, yeah. Yeah, he did. You're you're right. <laughs> that happened a lot. Now let's talk about why that happened. James Prochet was out there. Oh right, he could have thrown the ball to James Prochet every time he did. Who was work that? Out. Shamar Bridges. He could have oh, sh- yeah, thrown. Shamar is that Bridges. was is I that like the guy's Shamar name? Bridges. They could have thrown to Shamar Bridges. He's still in the practice. He's not on the practice squad. There's some other guys they had in here. Slade Bolden. Was Ooh. he ever on the team or was he was just I don't in the training was, camp? Yeah, I, think I think he was just in training camp. Yeah. I mean, who? Oh, Miles Boykin. They can throw the Miles Boykin. But that's why he zeroed in on Mark Andrews because there, that was the guy, that was the one. So no, I have no fear that Lamar Jackson zeroes in on Mark Andrews because he has other players that he trusts to throw the football to. I also don't think that if Mark Andrews plays, it's like a full snap count for Mark Andrews. It was pointed out to me. I did not look at the snap counts. That's the thing about the team being really good and winning all the games. Is like there's no controversy. Like who care? Who cares how many snaps these people played? Uh, because you know all they do is win. Like they're doing it right. All, all you yeah. want to say is whatever the snap count was, it was correct. Greg Rosenthal, our buddy from NFL Network. 
texted me last night. Oh, by the way, real uh, bummer. Coco Golf loses in straight sets to uh, Rina Sabalenka. I'm not that surprised, though. Sabalenka was playing dramatically better tennis. It's a shame, too, because Coco Golf early on in the tournament looked like she was zeroed in. And then the last couple of matches, you were like, I don't know. There's something a little shaky there. Sabalenka just continued to dominate. So it'll be uh, Sabalenka and Zhang in the uh, Australian Open women's final on a Friday night slash Saturday morning. So it was pointed out to me, I got this text from my buddy Greg Rosenthal, was Odell Beckham hurt in the divisional round? Um I'm like, uh I I don't I don't remember anything about that, but you know, sometimes I miss things. He said they had just noticed they basically used him as wide receiver four. Bateman had more than double his snaps. Aguilar had more as well. And he pulled up the numbers for me. Odell Beckham had 20 snaps. It's 29% of the offensive snaps. Rashad Bateman, 44. Nelson Aguilar, 33. Now, is it possible there was something going on with Odell Beckham and they just didn't say anything? Absolutely, it's possible. Is it possible that in running the ball, the run plays they had called, they're just plays they like Rashad Bateman or Nelson Aguilar's physicality on the field more than Odell Beckham's? That's also a possibility. But I also think it speaks to the bigger thing, which is I don't know if that's going to be this. Like I, again, because the Ravens have been playing so. You know when I look at snap counts, when something goes wrong, when something goes wrong, I say, "Huh, well, that's weird. Why is so and so getting so many snaps?" So I didn't look at the Miami game or the San Francisco game snap counts. The games went too well. Why would I care? Again, the answer, whatever the snap counts were, you got it right. <laughs> you nailed it. This is, you know, my dumb thing where, like, I only look at snap counts when there's a problem. Like, try to figure out if it's confusing maybe that somebody's getting so many snaps. Because it might be confusing to some people that Odell Beckham got lesser snaps on Saturday, but it wasn't to me because the result was good. I don't know if those guys have just moved ahead of Odell Beckham based on what the Ravens have seen, or if the Ravens, this is all part of the story, like, hey, you know, trying to get Odell Beckham through a, what would this be now, 20-game season. At some point, we decided we are going to limit the number of snaps that he plays in every game because he's at a different place in his career than other guys are. I don't know. I couldn't answer that question. Is it interesting? Sure. But it speaks to the depth that the Ravens have. And it speaks to why I'm not worried about him zeroing in on Mark Andrews. Because you would say he hasn't really zeroed in on anybody. For a little while, he was zeroing in on Isaiah Likely, I guess. But it's not like on Saturday everything was going Isaiah Likely's way. Of course, obviously the touchdown did, and it was phenomenal. I just don't have any concern about... I think this is... Lamar Jackson is in such a good place with so many options to throw the ball to and the way that we're watching him go through his progressions. Not just, oh, F it, Mark Andrews is there somewhere. I just don't have that fear whatsoever. None. Zero. I don't think about it even a little bit. Um, You know, get back to me on Monday, I guess, right? But... I have no fear of that whatsoever. And I don't expect that Mark Andrews would play. If he comes back on Sunday, I don't think he's going to play the full 
number of snaps that we would have seen him play earlier on in the year. One, because he's returning from a significant injury with a quick turnaround. And two, because it doesn't seem necessary. It seems like it sets itself up well for Mark Andrews to have a package of plays where he comes onto the field with Isaiah Likely and creates true matchup problems for the Ravens or for the Chiefs on Sunday. So that's my gut. I don't know. Believe it or not, they're not telling me anything. Nobody's leaking any information to me. This is the way it's going to go. Just what my gut tells me about what this looks like. You're supposed like to be the guy Sunday. that's texting Mark Andrews. And right, right. Well, Mark Andrews probably, uh, uh, well, no, he probably knows. I take that back. He probably knows. All right, so uh, there's that. Yeah, the, it was. There so, I feel like there was something else that I just rolled my eyes at. You know, I, I'm, the, but I, I, I hate being the guy. I'm not going to do, I don't want to be the guy to do this. I sound like Donald Trump right now. I don't want to say a plus. I, I give myself an A plus. Can I go higher? Um, I don't want to do it, but the the Taylor Swift Photoshop stopped being funny two days ago. They 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 were kind of funny. They were never like really funny. It was silly, and you're like, oh, okay. Two days ago, they stopped. There there's no redeeming quality to them now. You're just naming places in Baltimore. That's all you're doing. And by the way, don't get me wrong, this is sort of like when when uh, what's the uh, the old tweet, you know, boys can be entertained just sitting around naming football players, and we can. We do it constantly. Name places in uh That's what you're doing now. All you're doing is just naming places in Baltimore. And again, that's fine, but you're putting more you're putting energy and effort into just naming places in Baltimore. There's nothing clever about it any longer. There's nothing. At first, it was like a tenth of a chuckle. It ain't even that anymore. It's just nothing. All you're doing is, all right, do you know this takeout spot? That's it. That's all it is any longer. Nothing more than that. So I'm out on the Taylor Swift photoshops. It's, it's a big zero for me. Big zero. There have been very, there's been almost no good... And I warned about this on Monday. There has been next to no good Taylor Swift content being done this week. Overwhelmingly dumb, uh, dumb No, no such thing. No, there's lots of that. And again, this is the weird. This is the weird part about me, right? Like whenever, um, you know, like there was a meme going around on Monday that was like, if you're angry about Taylor Swift but love Jason Kelsey, then maybe you just hate women. It's a very fine line for me because I'm not really into Taylor Swift anymore. I used to like her music. I used to think it was good. Then it stopped being good, and we all just sort of pretended it was still good. You got anti-hero. And- that was okay. Like, she had a run where her pop songs were bangers, and then she was like, I'm going to make folk music now, and nobody had the heart to say, hey, th- you're, not, you're not good at this. We all just kept pretending like it was super good music when it wasn't. So I'm out on Taylor Swift because the music stopped being good. I'm not out. I don't think Taylor Swift's a bad person. I don't think she's uh, evil by any stretch of the imagination. Although apparently uh, the 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 I don't know some what of the private jet is that what no some of the conservatives oh. think that she's promoting Satan somehow. Oh. I'm not really sure what that's all about. Well, she's definitely killing. and again if she is <laughs> coming around on her. Might be all in now. <laughs> Sounds like a party. Sounds lit. Um, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not a, a a big Taylor Swift person any longer. But like, if the pushback is, oh, the NFL sucks because all it is is Taylor Swift. Well, then you're, yeah, you're an a hole. 
You have nothing to offer. You have no original thought. You have nothing to offer society. Is it too much? A hundred percent. It's too much. Is that the NFL's fault? I don't think so. I didn't find it to be like in watching the game on Sunday night. I did not find it to be any amount of distraction. How much CBS was going to Taylor Swift during the game. I found it to be no distraction to me watching the football game during the week. Is it annoying? Well, here this week in Baltimore, I will tell you it has reached the annoying stage. But again, it's mostly because the people that are doing the content, it's it's just kind of lame. Like it's it's I, after one. I, I said this to Ian Eagle after the first one. After the you know after the first touchdown call when Travis when the rumors were first out about Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift, there was not going to be a funny lyric thing to be done any longer. It was over after one. Because it was subtle, and we didn't know all the details, and it was like you had to be in on it. Like, oh, right, you, you get it. After that, none of them. They're not funny. They're just forced. I remember I'm the guy that went viral for doing all the Parks and Rec stuff during a lacrosse game. But it worked one time. And the reason why it worked is because it was the week that Parks and Rec went off the air. And I... Stevenson was playing against a team named Haverford. So doing Tom Haverford lines was organic and made sense. After I did it, I had people ask me all the, well, this week you should do that. No, 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 no. When's your friends game in? That's forced and hack shtick. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not anything. It touch. It taps into nothing. The day I did it, I was tapping into a real emotion that people were really feeling, which was about the fact that Parks and Rec was going off the air and we were sad because Parks and Rec was the best show of a generation. And Tom Haverford was a wonderful character. Thank you, Aziz Ansari. So it made sense. When we do these things like, oh, Taylor Swift is coming to town. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post about my pizza place and use nothing but Taylor Swift. Nope. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not, there's no, I see what you did there. None of it. It's just eye rolling. It's all it is. It's just, okay. Ah, we get it. That's, you You said blank space. Ha. Okay. How about, how about, how about that? We do know the Ravens are going to yeah. play on Thanksgiving night now. Oh, because you think that's going to be the Chargers oh, Ravens to. game next yeah, year. It has to. Um,. I don't know if it has to. Yeah, it has to. I mean, the Ravens played on Christmas. I don't know what the deal is. Like, can you? Yeah, you, I guess I could play on Christmas. Yeah. Like, well, no, but like, do you keep? Do teams get to say like, "Hey, we played on a holiday last year. Maybe we don't play on a holiday." Well, this it went well year. for them, so well, that's true. Or I don't know if they just like playing on holidays, yeah. so maybe they are cool with it. And then and they feel like they take a bullet a little that. bit for the league. And I don't know. Yeah, John, John Harbaugh, of course, now has a brother back in the NFL because Jim Harbaugh did take the Chargers job. It was always the most sensical. I'm a little bit. I have said this a few times. I'm leery of describing Jim Harbaugh as like the perfect offensive mind for working with Justin Herbert. In fact, I would go the opposite way, particularly if Jim Harbaugh ends up bringing Greg Roman with him to the Chargers. Uh, yeah. What? Uh. How is that good? Like, did, I, did we all miss what they were doing at Michigan? They barely threw the football. They ran and ran and ran and ran. Like that in that way, it's perfect for Greg Roman. But is it right for Justin Herbert and his development? 
Like I, I remember we did that Would You Rather Wednesday, which was Belichick, if, or if you're the Chargers, Belichick or Harbaugh. And everybody's like, well, Harbaugh, you got to give him an offensive mind. I'm like, what? where is this offensive mind thing coming from? I get it. He was a quarterback. So we, I guess we, we think that means that the quarterback development is the thing. And to be fair, he got you know great production out of Colin Kaepernick. But have you guys been watching Michigan football? It, it ain't been offense. It's let's build a crazy defense and let's run the ball. So I don't know what the, you know, I, my reaction to this is I, I get it. And his track record of success is significant. But the pairing with Justin Herbert? You guys can tell me about how great that is. I'm going to wait and see how great that proves to be. I would think that the Chargers would say, hey, you, you're, you're not just planning on running the ball all the time, right? Like, that's not what we're going to do here. We will see how that unfolds. But, yes, the Ravens uh, and the Chargers will play in the regular season next year, so I can see why you think that would be on Thanksgiving. All right, today's show is brought to you by Goose Flights. We have partnered up with Tony Saragusa's family and their foundation, Goose Flights, to unveil Goose Flights Lager, which is available now at Guilford Hall Brewery and Costas Inn in both six-packs and cans. The cans are also available at Your Neighborhood Glory Days Grill and now six-packs and cases available at the Wine Source in Hamden, Goose Flights is a delicious beer. It's an awesome collector's can with that Tony Saragusa silhouette there right on the can. And most importantly, $1.98 from every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation and what Tony's family is doing to try to continue his legacy, providing non-emergency medical transport to those who are in need. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. But most importantly, get out to Glory Days Grill, Costas Inn, Guilford Hall Brewery, and the Wine Source with more locations coming to get your own can, six-pack, or now case of Goose Flights. Always a pleasure to welcome back in our next guest, one of my favorites, of course, from ESPN. He's in Baltimore this week gearing up for the AFC Championship game. You love the matchup show. You love everything about our buddy, Mr. Sal Palantonio, who's back with us now here on GCR. Sal, it's Glenn. Wish I could give you a little bit better weather for a trip into Baltimore, but always appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking the time for us. Oh, thank you for having me on the show. And I got to get some of that goose flight oh, uh, Sal, beer. Oh, done. Yeah, because I got to get, I got to get, no, I want to put it on the air. I want to, I want to do it as a prop. At M&T Bank Stadium at some point this weekend, I'll put it on my Instagram and all my, I don't have much of a, a social media imprint, <laughs> not like some people, but uh, it'll it'll certainly, it'll certainly get out to folks. Sal, so this is a promise. It, it, I, I will follow up with you after the show today and I will get goose flights in your hands. This, that is a promise that will, we will take care of this weekend. So that, I, and I appreciate that. Um, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Sal, of all people, I know you know how much Goose meant to us here and what a special human being he was. And it's funny, Sal, because I talked to, like, you know, you know my producer Griffin's a young man. Like, he, he doesn't understand there was a time where the Ravens weren't as, like, universally loved in Baltimore. And there was, like, a frostiness in the early years about stealing somebody else's team after we had a team stolen from us. So telling the story of how Tony Saragusa almost personally made this city fall in love with this franchise is one that we love to do. Yeah. I think people fell in love with the franchise 
and the defense around the country yeah. because of Goose. All you do have to do is watch that 30 for 30 and see how involved he was yep. in creating joy in that locker room. And I was in that locker room. I know what he meant to it. He took all the edge out of the room. Every time he came in the room, everybody was just that much more relaxed. I mean, you had the intensity of Ray and Rod and then, and then, and then Reed later on. But Goose, of course, was the guy. You know, every locker room's got to have, um, you know, a funny guy. You got to have comic relief. Even Shakespeare knew that you have to have comic relief. <laughs> he was the best, man. He was the best, and we are honored. And it's a wonderful thing that his daughter Sammy and his family's doing the continuous legacy. So it meant a lot for us to partner up with him. Um, Sal, a great man and a great Jersey guy too. I love. Yeah, he, he was very helpful to my career in learning how to be on television. Again, bring a smile and joy to people who are just watching football. Yep. Yep, just want to have fun. This is this is our the, what brings us joy in life, and and boy, there was nobody quite like him. Sal, we got a lot of joy in Baltimore right now, as you'd understand. I, I I really don't know that like everybody is fully taking stock of how insane this is. What the Ravens have done this season, not just their wins over teams that finished with winning records, the twelve wins with over teams that finished with winning records, but the way they've pounded that the nine wins of multiple touchdowns over teams with winning records. I, I, you know, the advanced stats suggest this is one of the greatest teams of all time. They still have to prove that, right, over the course of the next couple of weeks. You can't be that without winning a Super Bowl. But it, it, I marvel at how complete of a football team this is and how much faith I have in them because of it. Well, you have basically, in my mind right now, the best dual-threat quarterback that has ever played the game at the height of his powers. And we all saw Michael Vick play. I saw it up close and personal here in Philadelphia. There was no more pyrotechnic player than Mike Vick. But Lamar Jackson's ability to cash in in the red zone, most red zone possessions in the conference, most red zone touchdowns in the conference this year, only San Francisco was more, but you know, you just look at what he can do. Now, I'm talking about, if you're talking about cr comparing Brock Purdy specifically to Lamar Jackson, there is no comparison. His elusiveness, um, his, his, his ability to play fake, his ability to be patient when he's running in the red zone behind the pulling offensive linemen. I think the, the marriage of Todd Munkin's design in the red zone with Lamar Jackson's sort of Spider-Man kind of ability in the red zone. You know, it's quite amazing. I see the transformation of his personality. He's very calm in his demeanor, very mild-mannered, and then he puts the helmet on and he turns into a superhero on the field, especially inside the 20s. But, and here's the big but, it was 10-10 at halftime. Sure. And he, he goes in that locker room, Glenn. He goes in that locker room, he rips off his helmet, and then he rips into the offense. <laughs> I reported it. I was the first person to ask a question of John Harbaugh in the post-game press conference. It was me who asked him that question. What was it like in the halftime locker room at 10-10? And then I went in and I talked 
to Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith and Lamar, and I asked him exactly what was said in that halftime locker room. And that, to me, is different about Lamar. Different in many, many ways, right? Number one, he got the team to buy in to his attitude, his corrective attitude. And two, he bought in to the adjustments that the coaches gave him. So it wasn't just a speech. It was an X's and O's adjustments. You will hit the guy underneath. Isaiah likely has been open. Throw him the football. And then don't pull the ball back on the zone read runs. Don't keep it for yourself. Yes, you're a superhero, but you don't have to be Superman in this game. Let others make plays because the Texans are just blitzing you out of the building. And it worked. Sal, I talked to Kevin Zeitler about this the other day. What jumps out at me about what you're talking about from halftime, we saw it even on the field in the first half where Lamar was like getting after Ronnie Stanley like pretty demonstratively. And I, there are some guys that when they do this, like they're, it, they don't get this reaction from their teammates. Their teammates will you know, MF them back, and it becomes an, a, a scene on the sideline. And it was anything but that. And what Kevin Zeitler said to me was like, we know, we know what he's doing for us. And, and anything we can do to try to raise our level to his level, that's what we want to do. And it kind of blew me away because, to your point about everything about how Lamar is playing – a hundred percent, but the zone that he's in as a leader, as someone who has command of a team and the respect of a locker room, like that to me, I I, I know I don't want to I don't Ray Lewis is a lofty comparison, but in a way I don't know that we've ever seen this certainly from an offensive player in Baltimore. I, it is unlike anything maybe we've ever seen here in this city. The combination of what he's doing on the field and the command that he has taken of a football team. Right, so I'm going to call timeout on your show to Glenn Clark right here. Timeout. I love you. I respect you. I get but it. But he ain't Ray Lewis. I get yet. it. He I ain't get Ray it. Lewis. I yet. get and it. And I think, I think, I think you're right. It's the first time that they've had it from an offensive player. Yes. And the the key thing is that it's the first time you really see it blossom with Lamar Jackson in a manifestation of a victory like they had. Now, let's spin it forward, okay? Because you take out D'Amico Ryans and the inexperience of the Texans, and you plug in the uber experience of Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, Patrick Mahomes, and the rest of that crew. So this is a different set of circumstances. It's a step up in class in many, many ways. And If you just want to look at one aspect of the X's and O's, which is what we do on the matchup show, and that's why you have me on your program. If you want to look at the X's and O's, Lamar Jackson and the offense, what's different specifically? Well, Spagnuolo has seen it all and adjusted to everything, every time, and done it successfully in the playoffs with Andy Reid. So that's one. Two, I think their level of in their secondary and at the linebacking position and in their front four is a step up from what you saw with the Houston Texans. I think they can match in speed that the Ravens haven't seen before this season. So, so what, 
I guess in what ways could the Ravens be vulnerable, Sal? Because like I, I feel I feel like here there's this inclination to say, well, the Ravens are only vulnerable if uh, Patrick Mahomes just goes and becomes Superman because we all know he's capable of doing that. And I, I think that it's it's got to be more complicated than that because the speed thing, I, I would also point out that I still feel like the Ravens have a little bit of vulnerability against the run game, and we know what Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco has done. Where could they be vulnerable on Sunday specifically against the Chiefs? Okay, so let's look at it from an offensive standpoint first. Where would the vulnerability come from? And I think it's confusion, the deception, the illusion of the blitz coming from one place and actually coming from another. The great job that Spagnolo does in blitzing off the corners, just like Mike McDonald does for the Ravens. That's something that they'll have to deal with in this game. Lamar can't hold the ball like he has a tendency to do, and he's taken a lot of sacks in the postseason. It's well over 20, as we know, in his career, including last week against the Texans. He can't hold the ball. He can't give the ball away. That would be the number one vulnerability that I see. The other thing is that their wide receivers, other than – Zay Flowers, have to do a better job, in my view. Both the offensive staff and the wide receivers have to do a better job of getting themselves open because there will be opportunities against the Chiefs. Spagnolo will take chances in this game. Let me repeat that. It's important. They will take chances against Lamar Jackson in this game. That's the only way to beat him. If you're just going to sit back and be benign yeah, he'll pick your part. against the superhero, you're going to get killed. Yeah. That's the problem. So on defense, what's the big problem for the Ravens? I think it's Isaiah Pacheco on the edges. Yeah. I think it, it's what can Andy Reid do and what can Nagy do to get Pacheco on the edges outside the numbers and the hashes to occupy Agent Zero and Patrick Queen. Because if you leave him in the middle, he'll eat, those two guys will eat him alive and they'll get no traction whatsoever. The idea is to move Pacheco on the outside, get the linebackers on the outside, get Kyle Hamilton outside the numbers, and then work Travis Kelsey right. in the middle. And you'll see Rasheed Rice, he'll be running a lot of nine routes. He'll be trying to get the safeties off the line of scrimmage. So, Sal, and by the way, I, I completely agree, and I, I do think that this is the advantage. If the Ravens do have Marlon Humphrey back, right, that it allows them to not have to have Kyle Hamilton quite in coverage, I, or maybe just allows Kyle Hamilton to be more of a Travis Kelsey keeper during the course of the game. And I'm not suggesting that any one player can shut down Travis Kelsey, but it feels like that that would allow Kyle Hamilton to not have to be in as much wide receiver coverage during the course of the game as he might have to be if Marlon Humphrey weren't playing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the one area where there could be a big improvement. But, you know, if I think we have to just pump the brakes on thinking, well, they boat raced a lot of good teams. Yep. Lions came in three-and-a-half-point dogs, and they lost by 32. What was it, 32? Yep. Dolphins came in, three-and-a-half-point dogs, lost by 37. This is the Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has now gone five straight playoff games without an interception. If he goes into number six and finishes in Baltimore without an interception, 
that will be an NFL record. Andy Reid's trying to be only the fourth coach to go to a fifth Super Bowl. So these guys know what they're doing, and it's going to take a much better a performance in four quarters than they had against Houston, I believe. Sal, if I could, just to wrap with this, because we started talking about Lamar, and I want to bring it back to that, because, you know, you know, separated from the X's and O's of the game, you know that the storyline nationally is the the narrative, right? Like, this is the to be the man, you got to beat the man, the Ric Flair game on Sunday, if you will. And <laughs> I think some I think some people might see that as like a pressure on Lamar Jackson. But what I've seen from him right now, to me, it's almost like I, I bet Lamar Jackson is glad that it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I know he said jokingly in the press conference the other day he doesn't like playing him. But I, I think that this young man right now sees everything as opportunity. And the opportunity that's in front of him, I, in a way, I feel like it, it's better that it's the Chiefs. It almost raises from Lamar Jackson. There's nothing that I see from him that thinks he's going to back down or wither in a moment because of who the opponent is. Yeah, and I think he has to just play his game. Uh, people will say, I'll be one of them. If he doesn't turn the ball over, they win the game, and they win it easily because the defense is good enough to stop Mahomes and company. Uh, but you don't want him to play, you know, uh, conservatively in the game. You want him to play the game that is presented to him. I was speaking with Rod Woodson at halftime outside the radio booth, and I specifically asked him, why is it 10-10? And he, he laid it out, and he said he's not playing the game that's presented to him. There are underneath throws. Give it to the running backs in the zone read. It's all there for him. It's available. And once he does that, he'll open things up so that everything will be available to him in his game. And that's exactly what happened. If he plays the game that is available to him, I don't think anybody can stop him, Glenn. I really don't. Boy, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Sal Palantonio, I promise you, I am going to be following up with you later on today, and I'm going to make sure that I get a six-pack of Goose Flights in your hands for this weekend. That's a promise, my friend. Uh, always. All right, great. Well, that'll be fantastic, and I'm, I'm excited to promote that charity and promote their family. They've been so good to me over the years, and you've been so good to me. And, um, you know, what is the weather report on Sunday? Rain, I heard we rainy, got rain, big yeah, rain coming Raining, like 80% chance of rain at this point, but not miserably cold, right? Like, definitely, it's funny because it's not pleasant today. It's, like, misty and overcast, but I said on the way in, I'll take that if I'm getting a, bit, a little bit warmer because, boy, it was miserable last weekend, as you know. Oh, that was miserable. I don't need any more of that. So I can deal with a little bit of rain if I can keep the temperatures up and we'll live. Um, well, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, man. Always love you, my friend. Thank you, Sal. We'll talk soon, all right? Bye now. Sal Palantonio from ESPN. Agree with him. And I've been, you know, I've done a lot of these uh, hits all over the country. I, I think Isaiah Pacheco getting outside, getting to the edge, that's the, that to me, if I'm the Chiefs, is what I'm attempting to accomplish early in this football game. That's, that's the number one goal for me early on in this football game. And if I can do that, then I feel like I can build off of that. As Sal said, now you're forced to bring Kyle Hamilton over that way as well. Should open the middle of the field back up. That's what I'm trying to do if I'm the Chiefs. That's the statement that I'm attempting to make. Can they do it successfully? No idea. To be determined. We will find that out. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. Use the code Glenn Clark 23 when you sign up with Superbook 
and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. I have um, I have said to everyone that will listen that my bet of choice this week is Ravens in the third quarter. Unfortunately, Superbook hasn't put it up just yet. And they do, I promise. I will be all over it. Gave you that number that Randy Morgan dug up for me. The Ravens, since the uh, trip to London, have allowed 2.25 points per game in the third quarter. Second half unders, I believe, are 15-2 and two with the Chiefs this season. So you combine the Ravens' adjustments with the fact that the Chiefs have been hitting a lot of second half unders. That feels like an interesting bet for Sunday. Of course, you just want to bet the games right now. Ravens, four-point favorites. 49 or 7-point favorites. Use that code, Glenn Clark 23 When you sign up at Superbook and receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. All right. Uh, oh, we're taking yes. a break? Yes, we can take a break. Oh, okay. We'll take a break then. That wasn't the plan because I have a Superbook spot scheduled. Oh, I see. I thought we were 1040 for yeah, the Yeah, it was 45. Well, this went well. This, we could, this, by the way, is what we call high-level programming. I, I swear, I looked at the calendar and everything, and I saw a 10. It says 1040. Oh, really? On oh. the calendar, and Griffin. That's on me. That's on me. I did, this time, I <laughs> was doing Radio Man. I was all over it. I nailed this. We don't, we're not taking a break here. We don't have enough time. Got to get Tracy Wolfson. I'll go ahead and do a Superbook read because I don't want to do it going into the break at the top of the hour. Nailed it. And Griffin said, yeah, the funny thing about that is uh, no. So here, if you didn't hear enough about Superbook, you're about to hear more on Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR. If you missed it earlier in the week, Stan and Luke are previewing the AL East coming up a little bit later on today. Stan and Eric Garfield will be talking about the Orioles again. Having the number one prospect in all the preseason rankings. That's coming up. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. A little bit later on today, 4 o'clock for that show. But obviously, we continue zeroed in on Sunday in the AFC Championship game here in Baltimore. Joining us now, she will be part of the crew bringing us the game on Sunday. The good news is it won't be quite as cold. The bad news is... It's going to be raining. I'm sorry we can't give you a little bit better weather. Miss Tracy Wolfson, who's with us now here on GCR. Tracy, I, I wish I could tell you that it was going to be like sunny and 65, but you've done enough of these. No, it's just not how it works in Baltimore in January. Honestly, I don't know which I want more. Like, do I want rain or do I want freezing cold? So I, I mean, can we talk about rain that? is a mess. Okay, so I I said today, today it's only overcast and misty. It's not raining, right? And when right. I walked in, um, our office manager, Leah, here said, you know, oh, it's gross out there today. And I was like, yeah, but I'm so sick of the cold that I kind of don't mind it, right? Like I was able to put on a light jacket this morning. It felt nice. But you get yep. for having to stand out in it for three plus hours. How, how long are you standing in the weather on Sunday? Oh, no, it's more than three plus yeah. hours. I mean, we get there probably two, three, we get there three hours before the game. I kind of sit in the truck yeah. a little bit and like wait, but you know, you'll be out definitely two and a half hours prior to the game, so, you know, getting final information, rehearsing, uh, doing hits for our, our pregame show. So I'll probably be out there no doubt before, you know, 1230, 12, 1230. So is the idea that like now with all the technological advances and like hand warmers and electric socks and stuff like that, like you almost don't even notice the cold when it's that miserable anymore? You know what? I have it down pat, okay. <laughs> you know, and especially this year I, I've had, I had Green Bay week 18. And then of course going into Buffalo the last two weeks. So, um, and, and I've been, you know, doing the NFL for 10 years. Right. So right. I definitely, I know how to handle the cold. It's your face that you really can't mm, protect mm. and it's your mouth. And you're not talking, you know, constantly like Jim and Tony, 
you're getting, you know, maybe every 20 minutes or something, or maybe even longer. So all of a sudden you go to speak and your mouth is like frozen. <laughs> That's really the toughest part about it. Yeah, it makes it difficult. <laughs> that makes yeah. it difficult. Uh, Tracy, obviously everything about this, this is awesome. This is Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in an AFC championship game. And I get it. Like, you guys don't need a lot of help most years. Once you get to the championship weekend, like, it's championship weekend. Who cares what the storylines are? But it's hard to imagine there are a lot that are a whole lot better storyline-wise than Lamar Jackson trying to overcome the bully of the AFC and get to his first Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. We had that last week with Josh Allen, and we're going to see it again with Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, the difference is he's playing at an MVP-like level once again. And um, certainly it's going to be a challenge, I think, for both of these teams. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but certainly the Ravens and Lamar Jackson have looked like the better team this year. So um, it, it should be a heavyweight fight between these two. Uh, I love what Lamar said in his presser. I, I don't like going against him. I mean, he's being honest. I mean, who does, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what you want. And um, certainly it would be huge for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson to be able to get to their super, first Super Bowl together, certainly. You've done so many of the Chiefs games. You've talked to Patrick Mahomes so many times. Do you have a sense for like it, this year, they seemed kind of pedestrian for a little while, but yet here we are, championship weekend, and they're back, and they went to Buffalo, and they <laughs> won it. Like, do you have a sense for why he's such a zombie, and it's just so difficult to kill him? Is that a mentality thing? Is it just he's that much better? Is it the, the marriage of he and Andy Reid? Like, why is it so tough to kill Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> I think it's all of that, um, no doubt. It, it's certainly his pedigree also just growing up, you know, in a locker room with yeah. his father and watching superstars succeed, right? And it's a mentality you need to have. And he has that never feels like he's behind or out of it or there's not a chance. I mean, he's always playing with a chip or finding a chip. He's motivating guys on the sideline. He gets them to believe. He, he knows what's at stake. And they've been there, done that also. So now they have the experience factor. And then you put, you know, his safety blanket of Travis Kelsey. And certainly he's not, you know, hasn't looked 100% this year. But he's got his guy who's been alongside him the whole time. And then Andy Reid is just a brilliant, brilliant mind who also brings that experience and pulls from, you know, different areas of his life and history and, and different plays that you might not prepare for. But I also think when you look at this team, he feels as though he's got a defense for the first time that's a championship defense. And they haven't had that on this run. And he knows that it's okay to allow your defense to win it and just make sure you take care of the football and, you know, slowly, methodically get it down the field and, and keep the other team off the field. And, and that's, if that's how they have to play, He's unselfish enough to know that and to recognize that. And so I think they've simplified a lot of that um, over the last, you know, few weeks to gain some confidence and realize how they have to play and how they have to win. Tracy Wolfson is with us here on GCR. Of course, the AFC Championship game is Sunday at 3 on CBS. Um, Tracy, I, and I, I'll give credit to my friend Mike Golick Jr., who was the one who said it first this week. He said, look, I think the Ravens are the better team, but the Chiefs are the most resourceful team in football. And, and the way that he described it is you make mistakes, 
No mm-hmm. one in football is more capable of capitalizing on it. And it's not for me to say that, like, it. I think the Ravens are so good that in order to lose, they have to make mistakes. But is that the yeah. biggest story to you of if you're going to beat the Chiefs, it's that you can't have errors. They're going to make you pay for them. That's exactly right. You can't make a mistake. And I don't think, you know, you saw the the – the Bills last right. week. I mean, they played a pretty good football game to win it, but they made a mistake down the stretch, a few mistakes down the stretch, and that left the ball, the door open for the Chiefs. And when they, the key is when, when the other team makes a mistake, they gain this kind of like energy and edge and momentum, and they attack it and they make you pay for it. And that's kind of where it is. If you can kind of and I don't want to say suck the life out of them early because they've won, they're eight and two, I think, you know, when they're down by seven plus points in the playoffs, like they know how to win from behind. They don't panic. That's one of the things also, but you cannot make a mistake against this team. They will capitalize it. Uh, they will take advantage. Patrick Mahomes will gain more momentum and they say they'll feel like they have the edge. So I agree with you taking care of the football and it's, so routine. It's so what we say every single week with any team is taking care of the football, but the team that does not make the mistake is going to win this football game. Tracy, how do you describe what's, you know, it, it's, I'm loath to um, say that Lamar Jackson is so much better because it seems like you're taking a shot at a previous Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson's always been very good, but we're all seeing the same thing. Somehow a guy that was already very good is all that much better, and it's it's unfathomable almost in this season that he was that much better. How do you describe the evolution of Lamar Jackson and like the little things, like the way that we're seeing him now as a leader and you know cussing his team out at the half and them responding to it? You know he was demonstrative towards his offensive lineman last Saturday, and there was no pushback, there was no fight on the sideline. Kevin Zeitler told me this week, like, no, I, I, we realized we had to be better. He was right. Like, how do you describe the, what we're seeing, this sort of zone that Lamar Jackson's been in this year? You know, I have to say I wish that I spent, you know, more time in Baltimore being able to really get to know this team and, uh, you know, what we saw them once this year. And yeah. it's not often that we get a chance to go to Baltimore Um, which, by the way, I'm looking forward to. But so from afar, I have to say what I've seen from from Lamar is confident and comfortable and healthy. I think those three things are key. So he comes into this season with the, you know, confidence because, you know, the whole contract stuff's behind him. He's healthy for a full season for the first time in a long time. And he's he's comfortable. He's confident. He's showing that he he's the leader of this team. Now he's embraced that role. It might've taken him. And I think he's talked about it in the past. He, he didn't feel like he could be that vocal and that outspoken and watching from the sidelines of any team and any quarterback, the most successful teams to me are those with the quarterbacks that lead that are able to lead the rest of this team. The team could look to them for help and advice and to know that they're going to get them out of the, the toughest moments. And certainly he showed that at halftime last week, no doubt. But I think you've seen that throughout this season, a more comfortable, confident, healthy Lamar Jackson. And the whole team is pl- playing 
alongside him and with him and for him. And, you know, on both sides of the ball, they're just really freaking good. Yeah, <laughs> So it, it helps. all comes yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something I've said, when you know, I've done a lot of radio hits this week and people keep talking about it. I'm like, you know, it does help to have wide receivers. Like, it's a, it's a little thing. <laughs> and a number one defense yeah, on the other side, it helps, right? It helps to yeah, have exactly. all of that. Uh, if you happen, and I don't know, now that he's got a, a, a new job, maybe he won't be able to come in, but I would imagine that uh, John would like him there. <laughs> if you happen to bump into Jim on Sunday – what are you gonna yep. What are you gonna say to him? I'm gonna give him a big hug and congratulate him. Um, you know, as as a Michigan grad, I'm gonna thank him for uh, everything that he has done for Michigan and for bringing us. I'm gonna use the word us, the national championship, because uh, just incredible memories and moments. And I was there for that. And um, you know, look, would we love to keep him? You know, for the next ten years, of course. But I get, un- I understand the itch. I understand the situation with the NCAA. I understand not wanting to deal with the NIL and transfer portal and all of that. Um, And I know I'm sure it was a very hard decision for him to leave his alma mater. But I'm happy for him, and I'm actually really glad that he's in the AFC, and I'm going to get a chance cool. to work with him. Yeah, that's cool. I almost feel like it's the reaction that like Cleveland fans had towards LeBron James the second time he left. Like, this time we're cool. This time yeah. it's it's all good. <laughs> you did the thing. That's all we could ask yeah. for. We're good now. Go on, do your thing. We'll continue to root for you afterwards. I feel like it's a similar, exactly. similar vibe. Uh, Tracy Wolfson, can't wait to see you here in Baltimore. Hopefully the rain's not too bad on Sunday, um, <laughs> but it should be a great day otherwise. It's going to be a rabid, rabid crowd. I appreciate you taking the time for us, and uh, in- enjoy the trip, all right? Can't wait. Thanks for having me. Tracy Wolfson, who, of course, will be part of uh, CBS's coverage of Ravens Chiefs on Sunday. Appreciate her taking the time for us. You know, I, kept, I, I noticed that from my Michigan fan friends. Like It felt like, yeah, they were bummed, but they got a title out of it. Like they'd be, they'd be beside themselves if they had lost to Washington. They got a title. They don't care, and that's the way it felt the second time that LeBron. Obviously, the first time LeBron left Cleveland, it was ugly and gross and disgusting and all of that. Like the second time LeBron left Cleveland, the Cleveland fans were in a much better. <laughs> their mental state was far different at that point. Like, okay, all good, man. Thank you. We appreciate it. And then. Go on, do whatever you're going to do moving forward. Winding down for hour number one of the program. Uh, Griffin, you want to let everybody know what's going on today at the Green Turtle? Yeah, today at the Green Turtle in uh, Canton, actually, they will be filming a commercial. Jeremy Kahn will be there, and uh, they need extras. So everyone that shows up uh, is getting a free $10 bet. It starts at 1130, so obviously you'll show up about that a half hour. That free $10 bet is good no matter, not just for people that show up for the commercial, right? Uh, Well, so... F- Specifically for for the commercial, and then also every Thursday, yes. they are offering a today, free ten dollars. So it does Thursday. happen to be Thursday as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the kind of the point that I was trying to make. Right. Yeah. Okay. Go you ahead. Go to Towson. You keep Orkanton, going. And you go to Towson or Canton and get that free ten dollars bet, uh, and use it whenever you like. Towson's got a big game tonight against Drexel. They are slight favorites. Uh, so if you're feeling feeling good about the Tigers, go ahead and uh, you can use it on them. But you can use it on whatever you'd like. Uh, and experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. So go check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Go pick up your free bet, make some money while enjoying some food and sports tonight at the Green Turtle. Did I see they're doing like cheap tickets for the game tonight, too, to try uh, to yes, get some more people yes, in? Yes, they, they are. Yeah. $5 tickets, or you buy a ticket for $5, and you get one free. Is, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and All it's right. also dollar dog night. Dude, that was always my favorite. That was always my f- This is the sad part for me. And is all concessions are half off. I, all pregame. I would so. I would add 
Uh, I've talked about the fact that the one thing, since I gave up bread, everything's been fine. I, I have no problem. In fact, I, I don't miss it. I never really loved bread all that much. I eat a burger without a bun, no problem. No issue for me whatsoever. I enjoy burgers with no bun. Yeah, I get it. it, it, it people can make fun of you because you're eating a burger with a fork and knife, but as far as the Weird actual enough. experience... Is that in public? It's delicious, if not, and I'm going to... Bl- you can blaspheme all you want, if not better, honestly. From a flavor standpoint, the bread was adding nothing. It was just a vehicle. That's all it was. Cauliflower crust pizza is ten and a half. It's wonderful. I don't need pizza anymore. But you can't replicate a Cuban. You can't do it. Cubano requires it. So when I was down in South Florida a couple weeks ago, I treated myself. I said, I'm going to enjoy myself some bread today because I'm going to have a Cubano. I'm not going to deny myself that joy. I would add to it that while I still enjoy grilling sausage and enjoying sausage without buns, I cannot say the same thing about hot dogs. I, I, I used to love a hot dog. The way that uh, Stan romanticizes about like the first hot dog of the spring, I used to love them. Not the same for me since I gave up buns and bread. So it's the one issue for me. That was my favorite. I'm telling you. There was no promotion. You wanted to get me out to your game? Tell me it was dollar dog night. <sighs> Feel like a baller. You go out to your boys like, I got this round. You come back with like 10 hot dogs for everybody. Like, you're welcome. Those are the days. That's tonight as Towson host Drexel. Into hour number two of the program. Man, this guy needs no introduction. He's on the call for Westwood One on Sunday for the AFC Championship game. He is your friend and ours, Mr. Ian Eagle, and it's great to have him back on the program. Ian, it's Glenn. It's been too long, sir. I know how busy of a person you are, so I gratefully appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Glenn, what a what a smooth transition from hot dogs to me well it's perfect you know it's actually interesting because i spoke to somebody in your life a little while back Ian, and um as close as you and i have been over the years i was not aware of your eating habits <laughs> and uh your son kind of outed them to me uh a while back um are you yeah are, are you a monster Ian eagle like i have so many yeah. i i love you so much you know how much i love yeah. you what like what 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 is troubling you about my eight-year-old palate what is it Uh, all of it ian all of it (laughs) so okay if to if let's just say i invited you out to a nice steakhouse this weekend yeah Oh, love steak. Okay, you would still you you would go out and i would feel like i was eating with a an adult human uh, yeah, I think so. I think I, I could I could get by more than enough that it wouldn't raise a red flag. I yes. have you ordered chicken fingers at a meal in the last 10 years of your life? Oh, the last 10 days. <laughs> what do you mean the last 10 years? <laughs> the last 10 years. Oh, God. No, I mean, I, come on. I, come on. I. They're spectacular. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? Maybe maybe that's the wrong one because I'm not actually going to fight you about chicken fingers. Chicken fingers are wonderful. Nobody's really going to 
is really going to argue about that. Chicken fingers are wonderful. Have you ever? All right, I, I don't really want to keep doing this because there's an AFC Championship game in town this weekend, and that's what people care about. But have you ever had an awkward circumstance where you were out or you were going out to a meal with someone who had power or was a significant person? And, like, you knew you were going to have to explain to them, you might have to judge me about what it is I'm about to order today. Yeah, I, I had one in particular that, that still sticks with me. So I was doing the Nets games. There was a change in management, and Lou Lamarillo had taken over as the head of operations with the Nets. Okay. So he was going to reevaluate all of the broadcasting options. So I was told I needed to meet Lou Lamarillo for lunch at an Italian restaurant in New Jersey. So I show up. It's a 12 o'clock lunch. I'm there at 5 to 12. I get to the maitre d'. I said, yes, I'm meeting uh, Mr. Lamarillo. He said, oh, yes, yes, yes. Mr. Lamarillo is not here yet. I'll bring you to the table. So we go to the table. He walks in four minutes later at 1159. I never met Lou. I stand up. I said, hey, Lou, I and Eagle. He goes, yep, yep, yep. Let's order. I'm like, okay. We're going to order. The waiter pops over. Literally, I've, I've known him 30 seconds. And the waiter says, uh, okay, what would you like? And Lou comes out. He says, uh, I'm going to have a Caesar salad, and uh, I'm going to have the uh, pasta special. And you, sir? I said, yeah, I, oh, uh, God. I will have the ziti, uh, ziti marinara sauce. Okay. And to start, I said, no. I'm good. Oh, God. And Lou says, Lou says, have a salad to me. Mm-hmm. I've never had salad in my life. Uh, you don't eat vegetables. Never. This is so weird. Well, yeah, I do. I do eat some. I do eat some vegetables. I think that's been overblown. Uh, right. That's been conflated. Right. So I said, oh, no, this is all happening in my head. <laughs> I cannot tell this guy I've never had a salad in the first 30 seconds of meeting him trying to keep my job. So I said, mm, no, I'm good. <laughs> and now he says, second time, he says, have a salad in that tone. And I'm looking at the waiter and I'm looking at Lou. And truly, I, I think to myself, I'm going to have to bite the bullet here. Yeah. And I turned to the waiter. I said, do you have a soup today? <laughs> he says, oh, yes, yes. We have, uh, we have lobster bisque. I said, I'll have that. There you go. There and you Luke go. says. And Lou says, you know what? Cancel my Caesar salad. I'll have the lobster okay, bisque. That, oh, that's goodness. heroic. That's heroic. What a win. Yeah, that is so an I all-time avoided. performance. I avoided. Yeah. Man. All right. I, I, I need you to know I still love you, my friend. And, I, and I'd, love to, <laughs> I'd love to have dinner with you at some point. And you can order the chicken fingers, and I won't judge at all. All right. And uh, you know what? And, Glenn, I'll give you one. I'll give you a <laughs> thank you. Finger. Thank you, pal. I appreciate I'll share. that. Ian Eagle with us here on GCR. All right, Ian, the AFC Championship game is in Baltimore on Sunday, and it's it's everything we could ask for, right? Like this is I, every championship game is a championship game. Somebody gets to go to the Super Bowl, but now you add in the you know the Ric Flair to be the man to beat. You got to beat the man thing with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Like this is about as good as it gets when it comes to a championship game. Yeah, and the other part, Glenn, which is obvious to you, less obvious to those on the outside looking in, the fact that Baltimore is hosting it. Yep. The assumption for most football fans would be like, oh, yeah, no, they, they hosted they win a lot, an AFC right. championship. Yeah, they've won multiple Super Bowls, I'm sure. No, yep. no, first time. And that is 
an underrated part of the run. If you win a Super Bowl, to have that as part of your memory bank in your home stadium with 70,000 people having that shared experience, obviously you, you need to win in order for, for that to, to really play out the way that you want it to. But that hasn't been a part of their championship runs prior. So it is really special the fact that this franchise built the team in the manner that they did. They believed in Lamar Jackson. They built around him. Whatever silliness came up from a year ago, what's going to happen? What are they going to do with the contract? Is someone going to offer him the contract? Will the Ravens match? All that stuff is irrelevant. Nobody's talking about it because it's in the past. And then defensively, what has changed? There was a little bit of a stretch where – the, the mystique was no longer there for Baltimore defensively. And Roquan Smith triggered something to get back to what they were. And it's real. If you sit down with him, if you look him in the eye, you say to yourself, oh, no, he was born to be a Raven. This is about as perfect a fit. And it's rubbed off on the rest of the team. You see it with Queen. You see it with uh, guys in the secondary, the front. It's it's a real thing, and uh, it's been really impressive to see how this team has come together and and how close this group has has come together. Now it's got to translate. You're taking on a Kansas City team that's been there, that's done that. They know how to win. They're different. It's a different Chiefs team than the one we've seen win a couple of Super Bowls in recent years, but they still find a way, and they still have Patrick Mahomes. I, and I want to follow up on two things that you said there because I think that they're both really significant. The first would be you know, the defense, which is we go back to the start of the 2022 season, and I would have said, hey, the Ravens defensively have some good players, but they don't have a superstar. And now yeah. here we are at the end of the 2023 season, and they have a superstar on every layer, on every Correct. level of the defense. Because to your point about Roquan Smith, who we've talked about before, has been – uh, the 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 standard was high. Like we had high expectations for Roquan Smith, and he has so wildly surpassed even our high standards and our high expectations. It's unbelievable. But then to add in what Justin Matabike has become and what Kyle Hamilton yep. has become, it's it's almost miraculous. And I don't know how much of that is just the the natural development of players versus what Mike McDonald has done, which we all think is brilliant. But it, it is almost incredible impossible how we've gone from there's not one defensive superstar on the field to there's legitimately three and one on every level within the span of a year you nailed it and the the stats speak for themselves but it's deeper than stats i know you'll look at matabike and say oh wow 13 sacks it's a breakout year it's more than that there's there's a confidence that that he now has nobody ever questioned whether or not he had the athletic ability to become this or the quickness, but he's great against the run. It's not like, oh, well, he's just the guy that rushes the quarterback. He's versatile. Yep. And he's exactly what you would look for in a Baltimore Raven defensive uh, tackle slash end. And he's just the perfect piece for what they do. Hamilton's a legit superstar. We saw signs of it. In his rookie year, what we've seen in year number two is another level where now people around the league recognize, oh, wait, 
this dude is different. You know, he's 6'4", 220, so there's the physical attributes. Yep. We met with him this year, and he walked into the production meeting. And look, these guys are big. <laughs> this is not breaking news by any stretch. But there are a few that stand out when they walk in the room where the profile is such that you realize, oh, oh no, th- this isn't just a normal safety. This guy is a freak of nature. And then you talk to him and you say, oh, that's why the guy went 14 overall. That's why they were excited about what he could bring to the team. He's been so dynamic for them. He's uh, just been everything that they hoped he would be, but more than that. And then the others that have benefited. Geno Stone has benefited. Patrick Queen, we mentioned, good player in his own right. But you want to go back and listen to the tapes, Glenn? Yep. Uh, about yep. Patrick Queen yep. from your callers, 100%. maybe from you and from broadcasters that say, no, nah, they need more. It's not, it's not working out. Well, now it's working out because, again, Roquan Smith's presence and demeanor gave Patrick Queen somebody to learn from and someone to understand. You know, there, there's only a two-year age difference between the two of them, but, you know, Roquan has been – everything that queen needed he needed obi-wan kenobi he needed somebody to show him or yoda he needed somebody uh it's it's really a a testament to uh, what this team has done through time starting with ozzy going to eric but they evaluate talent well and they put the right people in the right spots and give john harbaugh credit as well because he uh he recognizes how to use these pieces. Uh, by the way, to your point about Eric, he might we might go back and look at this as one of the great off seasons of all time. And like you know, yes, there was there was pandemonium in town for much of the off season, and now we're going to look back at it and say, wow, they got the Lamar thing done. The Zay Flowers pick looks like it works. Jadavion Clowney, Kyle Vent, Jesus, everything was Odell Beckham. Everything was a hit. Everything worked. Everything worked. Yep. Everything worked. Yep. I, I and the other thing that you brought up, and, and just specifically about Lamar, and and from that pandemonium and where we were, I do feel like if the Ravens win, and they got to win, um, but if the Ravens win, going leading into the Super Bowl, I do think it would be an unbelievable story of how we're only so far removed from a day in which Lamar Jackson said he didn't want to be a Baltimore Raven anymore, right? Like that occurred. That was a thing to not only him sticking around, but everything being totally fine. There being no frostiness whatsoever, having an improved relationship, it appears, and, and a leadership aspect that maybe we'd never seen before with Lamar Jackson. That was evident, you know, last Saturday where he was getting after his guys and playing, you know, the the best football of his career where he had already been a unanimous MVP. I I think that part of this story, like it's almost unreal how that turned so quickly yeah. from a moment where it looked like he didn't want to be here anymore to now we don't even think about that. It's like it didn't even happen. Yeah, and the way I would categorize it, Glenn, and in all the the times that I've met with Lamar and it's a bunch, you know, I would have to go back and, and look specifically, but you know, you're probably talking about somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 16, 17, 20 meetings over the years since he's become a starter. He always had confidence. There was never any doubt when he walked in the room, this was a confident guy. 
the difference this year that, that I feel is command. It's the command of the offense. It's the back and forth between him and Munkin, where Munkin is highly receptive to what Lamar likes and what he wants to do. And I think there might have been a misconception going into the season, like, oh, they're going to make him a pocket passer. Uh, they just invested all this money. Munkin's going to make him uh, a guy that sits in the pocket and makes quick throws and doesn't get hit as often. And that's not it. I, I think just Lamar has been more judicious in when he runs and smart in his decision-making and also just the way he sees things. He is a football genius. That is a true statement. And his ability to process in the moment, his ability to make the right play this year more than any other year that, that I can remember with him. He's won an MVP, and you're saying that about someone who's already won an MVP. And there's a trust factor. He always said nice things about his wide receivers, no matter who they were. If I asked him about, hey, Hollywood Brown, he would say great things. This year, I think he actually believes right. them and means them. Right. And he should. Yep. Because they do have the right mix of players. And you look at, you know, let's say, Isaiah Likely stepping in. So Andrews goes down with the injury. We asked Lamar about Isaiah Likely. And he gives a glowing review. But everything he said was correct. Everything he said has played out in that way. And, you know, this is more of a, of a vibe than anything else. I think there are times in the NFL where, certainly in my position, you meet with a player, you, you get around a team, and you say to yourself, it just may be this individual's time. It's their time. That saying, it feels like Lamar's time. That, that's just how I've felt throughout this season and certainly still feeling that way heading into the AFC Championship game. Uh, Ian, on the flip side, uh, we got to talk about the Chiefs. And I, I was just asking um, your your CBS colleague, Tracy Wolfson, about this earlier, which is, mm -hmm. what is it about? They, they looked pedestrian at one point this season, and yet here they are. I mean, they're, they're back in the AFC Championship game. They just went to Buffalo and beat the Red Hot Bills. What is it about the Chiefs and about Patrick Mahomes that makes them zombies? Because they're not the best team from 1 to 53 yeah. this year, but yet here they are again, and it's impossible to doubt them in any circumstance. Yeah, they, there's not the same fear factor that you once had when you had to go against them. I, I, don't, I don't feel that way going into these games because they're not consistently pumping out 30, 35 points per game. They're not as explosive as they were, but their defense is better than it's been, and their defense has kept them in games and given them chances to win games that maybe in past years they didn't have to because they built a 20-point lead and, and they could just cruise to the finish line. The positives, the obvious. Mahomes is uh, he's, he's a special talent that's going to go down as one of the best to ever do it. And I, I'm not one to just jump into the superlatives category because – I know there's recency bias when we talk sports, but I think he's in that conversation. Sure. Uh, he, he just, he has the it factor. Uh, there is something about him. Anyone that watched the series on Netflix quarterback, yep. you know, that's who he is. You know, that wasn't for the cameras. That, 
that's how he competes. That's how he views life. That's how he attacks it. And that's the kind of guy you want on your team. And that's why he's been so popular there. And that's why they've won so many damn games. He just has a will to win. Now, the concerns, the flip side of it, there are two stats that have stood out to me in my prep this week that you just don't normally assign to a team that's going to win a Super Bowl. One of them is a minus 12 turnover differential. Normally, if you're in that area of statistics, you're not even at this stage right. of the game. Right. You're not talking about a team that's, that's trying to win a game to go to the Super Bowl. If you look at the other teams that have those kinds of numbers, they didn't make the playoffs. You don't make the playoffs at minus 12. But, again, their defense has helped to, to maybe camouflage some of those issues this year because their defense has been much better and much stingier than it's been in the past. So that's the first number where you say, wow, that doesn't compute. The second one, which normally with a great offense, you, you wouldn't think in these terms. They have the most drops by wide receivers in the league. And if you watch them consistently, you know that's that to be true. There have been a lot of missed opportunities by the wide receivers. There's a reason why Kadarius Tony is not playing anymore. At some point, the coaching staff, even for the sake of the players, yep. had to say, okay, we can't have this. Yep, can't do it. This is happening all too well. We could say all the nice things in the media. No, he helped us win the Super Bowl this year. He's got so much uh, God-given ability. And oh, at practice, that doesn't happen. Well, it happens in the game. And it has to stop. So... Those two, to me, are concerning. Is it an anomaly? Can they still win? Of course, they can. They've got Patrick Mahomes. But at some point, you think that the numbers bear out and it comes back to haunt them. I'm starting to feel like if the Ravens play, if they don't conspire, if they don't make mistakes, they are the better team and they should win this game. But, you know, they got to do that and they got to prove that and – that's why Sunday is going to be a whole lot of fun. Ian Eagle, uh, love you, truly appreciate you, and respect you despite your questionable opinions about food and eating out. Uh, you are <laughs> you are the best, my friend. Uh, thank you for doing this, and hopefully I'll be seeing you in a couple weeks in Las Vegas. All right. All right, Glenn. Sounds great, my man. Thanks, buddy. Always great talking. I'm not, I'm not a condiment guy. Let's just get I that did, out. Oh, you know what? I remembered that, too. That's also very yeah. weird. But you know what? No, not weird. No, it's weird. it's weird, Ian. It's weird. But we could talk about this more because, like, I actually bought, find it, like, blasphemous when someone comes to town and puts, you know, um, any condiment on a crab cake. I'm like, that, you get a better crab cake. You there don't you need go. it. You don't exactly. need it. Get no, a better crab you cake. Like, you like the flavor of the crab. I like the flavor of the hot dog. I like the flavor of the hamburger. If I wanted the flavor of ketchup, I would just squeeze ketchup so, into my mouth. So, Why do I need it? There's, to compliment something that already tastes great. There is more common ground to be found here than I expect, but really, raw dog and chicken tenders, we got to have a conversation <laughs> about that, man. Ah, oh, man. We, I, I there, thought for a moment we, I, we got to Camp David. We, I, I, we no, because I, I think there's something to be said. I, I, you know what? I'll give you an example. My father-in-law grilled some steaks last Friday, invited us over, grilled some steaks. It was very kind of him, and he kept asking, like, hey, do you want something? for this? I'm like, 
I'm like, it, it, Pat, th- these are delicious. Like, you, yes, you, you made an incredible steak. I don't need anything else for it. I don't want to. What are you trying to do, Pat? That's what I'm saying. One, I don't need. I don't A1. need that. You I made a hell of a steak. steak. It's delicious. I don't need Thank anything you. else. Thank but you. chicken yes, tenders. Words to live by. Uh, love you, brother. Appreciate you, man. See Thank you, Hines. It's <laughs> <laughs> Iron Eagle. He's the best. God, I know. I say that all the time. We've had a hell of a run. The last few weeks have been very – they've been good to your, your pal GC. It's what happens when the team's good. Everybody's in a good mood. You're having good conversations. Your favorite guests want to come on. Appreciate the Ravens winning because it makes everything more pleasant. Everything is more pleasant. These are always pleasant conversations this time of the year, and you get to you know, pull out everybody that you like, and they're all happy to come on with you, and you're, you're fortunate in that way. Iron Eagle, who I love. Despite, could you imagine raw dog and chicken tenders? Really? Really? No. Gross. If they're really good chicken tenders, maybe. I, they'd have yeah. to be... Like, if you did, like, buffalo tenders, maybe I could understand right, that. Yeah. Where, like, the buffalo, instead of it being, like, sauce that's dripped on, you, like, build it into the breading or something like that. But just raw dog and chicken tenders, man. I mean, like, come on. We're going to need a little honey mustard. We're going to need a little barbecue. If you're eating this many chicken tenders like Iron Eagle is, imagine not putting barbecue sauce. You go out for barbecue and you don't use barbecue sauce? It's part of it. Part of it. Love that guy, though. All right. Uh, hey, what's happening at the Live Casino and Hotel these days, Griffin? Uh, right now at Live Casino, they want you there. Uh, this weekend, it's the place to be, Sports and Social, at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. It features an on-site FanDuel location, and it is your ultimate spot to watch Baltimore's team in the big game on the on their massive 100-foot media wall. Order up your favorite game day bites, take a sip from our signature crushes, and extensive beer selections all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. Watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland this weekend. At Ronald Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Still a lot to do today. we got to get to our championship picks, and um, we're going to find out a little bit more about what's going on with the Orioles' caravan. And also a reminder about those of you that maybe uh, maybe have been doing a little bit too much betting these days. Our friend Mary Drexler is going to stop by the studio next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by live casino and hotel and if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Khan's OnlyFans page at wait are people supposed to know about that all right back in here on GCR you know I've been telling you it's almost funny Mary Drexler <laughs> I, I don't mean it to be this way but we have um, some friends of the program who will tell me about their betting habits and sometimes Griffin will say to me something like, uh, last night I bet on uh, Canisius, uh, and I, I lost at the buzzer because they were playing Marist. And I will almost as a bit say back, hey, Griffin, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org because I genuinely don't know why you're betting on Canisius and Marist. But... It was a bad bet, yeah. Uh, Mary Drexler, the uh, program director for the Maryland Center of Excellence on Problem Gambling, is back in studio with it. It's good to see you again, Mary. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. I, this, I have fun with it, but I also understand, and, I, and you and I have talked before, mm-hmm. I truly understand how serious this problem is, and while we understand alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. drug addiction, I don't know that the average person understands the true dangers of gambling addiction and how it can do things to you, to your family that are similar to other addictions, even without the medical aspect of it necessarily. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely true. Uh, Many people don't even see gambling as an addiction. I mean, it was just really recognized. Uh, under substance use disorders uh, in the DSM-5 as an actual addiction back in 2013. So a lot of people, it's kind of like where drugs and alcohol were years ago, getting people to understand how you can be 
addicted to something, something that you can't really see or smell, uh, to know that something is going on. And individuals who have problems with gambling are very good at hiding it. Yeah. Yeah, very good at hiding it in some cases. I, I think the way to say it is you're probably you're not going to overdose on yeah. gambling, but it can rip you and your life apart in a very similar way as other addictions. I, I, I bring it up this time of year, obviously. It's you know, everybody's mm. having fun right now. The Ravens are about to play for the mm. AFC championship on Sunday. It's a great time. People are getting their tickets in. But I do feel like it also allows for this to come back to the forefront, right? And for people maybe that have never gambled before to say, ah, well, the Ravens are red hot. I want to get in on that action. So I ask you, because I know you're not someone who says there should be no gambling. There should be, let's get rid of gambling. I know that's not how Mm -hmm. you feel. The line between, hey, this is fun. We're doing something that we can do, and it can be entertaining and can add a little bit to the experience to when it starts to become something that we should be a little concerned about. Where is that line? Well, first I want to say you're right. We're in the middle of a a pretty uh, big sports season, and we also have Super Bowl uh, coming up. With the onset of online and mobile betting, that just increases more and more people that are going to probably bet either on uh, the AFC championship or if – even if the rave, you know, if the Ravens are in the Super Bowl, that increases it. But the the Super Bowl itself, they expect 50 million Americans yep. to be betting on that game. When they give you six billion different things you can bet on during the, you can yes. you can bet on you know what color the Gatorade is that gets dumped on uh, the coach afterwards. Yeah. You can bet on the length of the national anthem. Even the flip of the coin Correct. is for what I I've heard is that yes. you can bet on even that. But you're not just betting on, you're betting on uh, the player. You're betting on so many other things than just who wins or loses the game. And you have to look at that. And when you're doing mobile and online, really to look for the risks is you're not really following how much money you're spending. It's so instantaneous. You just keep going and going, going from play to, uh, you know, again, I said the flip of the coin. But you're not paying attention to the amount of money you might be losing. I- I'm so glad you brought that up because if somebody was going to say, like, you know, how's that different than anything else? You go to a, a sports book mm-hmm. physically. Yes. You take an amount of cash with you because you can't use your credit yeah. card yeah. in a sports book. You take an amount of cash with you. You know how much cash you brought to the sports book with you because you had to go get that cash in order to go to the sports book. So when you look down, you realize, like, I'm down 200 bucks. That's what. That's the limit that I could set. Yeah. I said, I can afford to lose $200. It's a night out. I'm having fun. If that's what it is, that's what it is. But when you're betting on your phone, you might not look at how much money was in your uh, your account to begin yeah. with. So you might have had $700 in the account, and all of a sudden you've lost $500 without even noticing it. Yeah, and you know you place one bet, you have a win, more incentive to bet again, and then you bet again, and then you don't realize that you may lose the next go-around. And so it just it starts to tumble out of control. It does, as you said earlier, if you're looking at some of the risks, are family relationships getting impacted? Uh, By this, is your job getting impacted? Are you thinking about gambling all the time, even when you're at your job? These are things to look for to show that you may be at risk for developing a problem. I think for some people, it's are you are you feeling desperation? Like it's are you feeling like I would do anything to to be able to bet or to I've got to pay this off or to get more money in order to bet? Uh, Those are the things that become extraordinarily dangerous. Yeah, and gambling addiction has the highest risk 
for suicidal attempts. Um, and a lot of that is because the experience or an individual may experience extreme financial loss, but also you're losing so much more. That family uh, could end up in divorce, uh, loss of kids, you know. Um, so there's so much that's that, op- you know, that is there that you might lose. She is Mary Drexler. She's the program director for the Maryland Center of Excellence on Problem Gambling. Mary, what are the the warning? Like, this is always tricky because when it's not you, when it's someone else that you know, you might quietly say like, "Hey, are we uh, are we a little bit worried about Jeff?" Like, you might you might there might be whispers among your friend friend group things like that. When's the moment where you would say? Hey, it might be time for you to intervene. It might be time for you to to say, "Hey, there's a real risk here, and if I want to be a real friend, if this is somebody that I love, I, I need to do something." Like, what would that be? What would I? What should I be looking out for? If it's not me, if it's somebody else that I know. Yeah. Well, the first thing is if you're able to at least bring it up with the person who you think has the problem, you could start there. But you know, oftentimes the gambler won't admit that they have a problem with their gambling activity. But there is help out there for family members or significant others of the gambler. Um, So they can easily call 1-800-GAMBLER if they're a Maryland resident uh, or any resident across the country now because it's a national number, 1-800-GAMBLER. And here in Maryland, that family member could go to counseling at no cost to them even if the gambler is not ready. Wow. So it's important for them to know there's help and hope for them. Uh, And eventually, uh, one of the things I always recommend is when you call the helpline or get the individual to call the helpline, we have on staff at the center five peer recovery uh, specialists. And these are individuals with lived experience with gambling addiction. And they are often the first step People aren't always ready to go to counseling, but they'll talk to someone who's been there. Um, And we have a few of them, especially now in sports season, who had a sports gambling addiction. So I I just really want people to be able to know there is help and hope out there. All right. So let's go through that. You mentioned the phone number. Yeah. The website, helpmygamblingproblem.org. Yeah. The resources that are available, you can speak to someone, you can give me a rundown of what's available. If it's you, if you're starting to think that you might have a problem, you say, hey, I don't think I'm an addict, but I I just have some questions, like all of the resources that are available to you here in Maryland. Yeah, well, first step is to call, text, or chat the 1-800-GAMBLER number, but a lot of uh, younger adults aren't going to make the phone call. But you can go to helpmygamblingproblem.org, and actually on that website is a self-assessment. So it may be a very first step for you to see, do I have some of these risk factors uh, because of my gambling behavior? So I recommend uh, that people go to that website, even family members uh, go to that website, uh, and take advantage of the resources. It's got a lot of resources. And we don't, the, the peers or the helpline don't just give out counseling or the peers. If somebody is in financial stress and needs some help with their financials, if someone doesn't have housing because they lost their housing because of a gambling, there are so many other resources that someone with a gambling addiction may need. So in the other aspect of this is if you're somebody that's just dipping their toes into the water for the first time as a gambler, is there advice that you would give them? There, you know, obviously this is not somebody that we're fearing mm. yet is an addict, but just advice you would give them about, hey, here's, j- follow these protocol, 
if you want to be able to, to, to bet and gamble and have fun and not end up having it be something that impacts your well, life. Well, I'm just going to say keep it recreational. Don't spend more than you can afford to lose. Don't spend the money you were going to spend on rent or yep. your mortgage. Uh, that's the, the very big first step. If you're starting to see some deterioration in relationships or you're lying more, those kinds of things are, are the things you need to be uh, looking out for. If you're isolating more because all you want to do or all you're thinking about is that gambling behavior. This is always uh, awkward because this topic is so serious. Like, I always like, like, you know, having fun and making jokes and all that. But, like, it is such an important and serious topic. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anything to come off as me being dismissive of it whatsoever because I've, I've seen the reality mm-hmm. of gambling addiction. And I swear to you, it is extraordinarily real. And it can happen to... it's. Mm-hmm. God, that's the part of it, Mary, that like just drives me crazy. Anybody. There are people that are just predisposed to thinking, well, it would never be me. Yeah. It ain't that ain't it. Yeah. That ain't it, Chief. Exposure to gambling now where it's mobile and online yep. too, it's so much more convenient. I can do it from my living room couch. I mean, there's and, so and many more there opportunities. There is something, there is there's a euphoria yep. that comes with winning. Yeah. When, when you are winning, that feeling is unbelievable. You do it for a little while. You start to think, well, I'll never lose. And then you lose, and you say to yourself, well, I got to get, get that back. back. Yeah, chase those losses. That's one of the signs that you have to look for. And a lot of times when people have that big win, they don't stop the gambling yep. behavior. They keep going, and then yep. they realize they've lost it all. 100%. All right, let's remind everybody one more time. The the phone number, the website, all the information they need to know. Okay, it is 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, here in Maryland, but now the National Council on Problem Gambling has 1-800-GAMBLER as a national number. But when you, when you dial that number, you will get information about Maryland. Um, and also, it's the website, helpmygamblingproblem.org, for families and the individual with the gambling problem. And we also have a site, uh, mdproblemgambling.com. A lot of professionals use that to learn more about the issue of problem gambling. mdproblemgambling.com. That's a, yeah. another valuable resource. Uh, Mary Drexler, we're still we're rooting for the Ravens. Yes, we are. We're excited. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we want all these things are good things. We just want people to do these things safely. safely. That's it. It's that simple. We we're not telling you not to Can't bet. Bet. Just saying. You gotta watch out. It is. It will catch. You will. We we don't talk about it nearly enough. We don't. Yep. Don't bet beyond your means. Yep. Hundred percent. Mary Drexler, thank you as always for thank coming you in very much for us. having me. It's great to see you. We come back in. Uh, we are gonna make our picks for Championship Weekend this weekend. We'll do that next here on Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR. Thanks again to Mary Drexler for stopping by. And yes, please continue. Let's spread that word. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Um, this is, it's a fair question. Chris says, Glenn, uh, what is your priority condiment when it comes to chicken fingers? I would say, by the way, that, that, uh, that sauce that, uh, that Raisin Cane's brought in or that we had, that we got from it, that was very good. But my priority condiment, I, I, I would say like if I'm, first of all, I don't order, I really don't order chicken fingers anymore. I will admit Honey mustard that when we go somewhere and my kids, so I have that that um, that thing that all fathers have, that food waste thing. <laughs> where like if we go out to eat somewhere and there's like a chicken finger left on my kid's plate and we're, me? we're not going to bring it home, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to eat it because like the food waste thing, health and food waste, and it's a, I think it's a financial thing as much as like food waste thing. Like I'm wasting my money. You're not even eating all your chicken fingers. Somebody's got to eat it. We paid for it. That's the circumstance. And it depends, I would say, if we have a quality barbecue sauce at the establishment that I'm at, then I would go barbecue sauce. If it's just like Heinz or Hunt's barbecue sauce, then yeah, honey mustard would be my go-to in that situation. 
fair question, but I just don't understand raw dog and chicken fingers. I'll never that don't compute for me, man. Uh, love iron, but that don't compute. Good buffalo sauce too. Need- Ah, uh, it's, it's so good. tricky anymore. I've gotten out of the market of buffalo sauce because this is the problem with establishments. They just goop it all on, and there's right. no subtlety. There's no well, if you can get side. yeah if you can yeah. get that, then you can control it. Fine, that's a different conversation. But ranch. Out. Um, I like no, ranch. No, you're a, you're a monster. Anybody who orders ranch well, no. with wings well, is a monster. You're a monster. Oh, so last week. Yeah, I, we had a we had a, <laughs> a staring. We went out to Glory Days on Friday, Griffin and I, and uh, she said, I, I ordered, of course, cauliflower wings. She said, ranch and blue cheese. And I said, wait, look, do you think I'm a heathen? How dare you even ask the question? The answer is obviously blue cheese. And Griffin, like, sheepishly, like, oh, I'll have some ranch. I appreciate that you did still yeah. pay, pay for the meal. Yeah, Thank you. Well, I, th- I, I thought about it. Remember, you're you're a child. I do have to remind myself of that sometimes. One day, one day, you're gonna you're gonna walk in here. You're gonna say, "Be ten years from now, you moved on to better things. I'm still doing this." You're gonna walk back in one day and be like, "Today was the day." I'm gonna say, "You think I'm gonna say you were right?" I realized. I realized it happens to everybody. You just one day you wake up and you realize why the answer is blue cheese. It's time to make some picks. Only two games to pick this week, and there is very little drama left in our season-long picks contest. Griffin is our vice loser. Griffin is going to a Creed show next summer. He's missing out on... Which bobblehead are you going to miss out on? You're going to uh, miss out I on Brandon the Hyde? Gunner. Oh, the no, Gunner yeah, bobblehead. I think it's the Gunner one. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. But Griffin will be going to see uh, Scott Stapp and Creed. He's very excited about it. <laughs> He's been listening to every album. When you are... All in. I don't know All if that, I don't know if that's the way I should go. Like, should I, like, try to... Uh, enjoy it? Or? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a, that's another form of torture. I really so like I probably diving into. Yeah, I would probably just go Creed's discography. By the way, I want to make it very clear: you're not allowed to like put on headphones or earbuds and listen to other music at the concert. You have to take in the entire thing, and we need videos and pictures that prove that you have been taking in the entire thing. All right. Um, next, Jeremy Khan, long ago clinched. He came in. He was bullish. I'm flying into this thing. I'm going to take you all down. Well, that hasn't been the case. He has taken Griffin down, but only in win percentage. He has not caught up to even Griffin in wins. Jeremy Kahn will be our big loser. He will be... Just too good. Dressing... Yeah, that's what it is. Be dressing like the Notre Dame mascot. He will be consuming blood sausage, haggis, and tripe. He will be downing it all with a Will Levist Irish coffee full of mayonnaise, taking Irish dance lessons, performing said Irish dance for us, and... Performing nothing compares to you and Zombie. We look forward to that. The only dramas at the top of the table where there's a little bit of cash at stake. It's $250 that's at stake at the top of the table because we didn't make Jeremy Khan pay because he got in late. So, the man who's already won cash because he won our bowl pick'em contest. Uh. He has a one-game lead going into championship weekend. So, the good news is I cannot be eliminated today. No matter what, I could be eliminated on Sunday, but I can't be eliminated today. Ken Zalis could be eliminated. He's the only other one that's alive. He's three games back with three games to play, so he's got to pick every game differently and get all three of them right. If he picks the game the same way as John and Little Rock or if he picks the games, both of the games the same way as I do, then he's done ski. John and Little Rock, John Keller is joining us this morning. He is currently atop the table and trying to pull off a double-double, the likes of which we have never seen in GCR history. Good morning, buddy. How hey. are you? 
I'm great, man. Good, good to be on. What's going on over there? Well, I mean, like, are you? Do you have somebody in your ear? Do you have? How the hell has this happened that no, you rolled man. through the bowl pick? I mean, now you're in first place in our picks. The bowl thing was 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 just some random luck. I mean, I went in and changed some picks, you know, as the bowls were going on and things. But other than that, it was just I don't know. I just got lucky, and plus there was no point spreads involved with the bowls. So That's true. Even That's though a good point. even though those bowl games are still hard. The point spreads would have been impossible. I mean, forget about it. So this this, this comes you. I, do I remember that you won something else that we did, like a um, a World Cup pool or a Masters or something like that? And yeah, maybe maybe a World Cup thing. I I don't think I did anything in golf, but yeah. I mean, I played. Well, I mean, but it, it wasn't a skill thing. I think it was one where we just like gave out names or something right. like that. Yeah. It's been, be. a, it's been a historic be. run of success for John and Little Rock of late. I'm not. I'm not sure what to make He's of it. He's just robbing us blind. Really. But I'm. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. No, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Two games to pick this week. Our spreads, of course, come from Superbook. Use the code Glenn Clark twenty three when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. You'll receive up to two hundred fifty dollars in a same day first bet match, win or lose from Superbook. So, John, here's the deal. You your picks were sent to Griffin, correct? Correct. You yep. are you are locked in. You have no interest in changing your picks, correct? No. All right. No, I'm not very changing. very yeah. good because this is your last chance to do that. You can't change them based no. on what somebody else picked. Ken tried to do a little mental warfare last night. Ken replied all on the email from Griffin and told everyone who he was picking, which I think. He was doing purposefully to try to get John to believe that those were his picks. So if John just picked the same way, he would eliminate Ken. But he's actually going to give different picks today. In another, I think that was some gamesmanship from Ken Zalis. Oh, nice. Griffin, did you <laughs> receive another email? I did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. So I was correct about what Ken Zalis' strategy was. Um. More or less, okay. yeah. That's, yeah. Just, that's all I wanted to know. I, I, I don't blame him for it. little subterfuge. He's he's desperate. He's about to go down. Don't blame yeah. him at all. So let's get into it. Picks for this week. We'll start in the NFC. Uh, in the NFC, we will start. Uh, the game is at 630. It's on Fox, and it is the Detroit Lions going to San Francisco, taking on the 49ers, who are laying seven points. 49ers minus seven is the number. Um, what's the latest on Debo? Do we have another update today? Because not yet. He was still not practicing yesterday. He was still not out there. And I really do think this comes down to that. Like, the 49ers with Debo are a machine. Without Debo, I, I think they're actually beatable without Debo. I don't know that the Lions will win, but I think they can. We saw that the Packers probably should have. I don't like... The 49ers covering more than a touchdown. I really wish it was 7.5 because it feels kind of pushy to me. But with with the chance of Debo, maybe a good chance of Debo not playing on Sunday, I will take the Lions to cover this number in the NFC Championship game. John and Little Rock, what say you? Yeah, um, I was sort of set on this early in the week. Um, I've been leaning towards the underdogs since you know since the playoffs started. Um and I'm going to stick with Detroit. I'm going to take them with the points. I can't root 
root for Brock Purdy or the 49ers. So it's as simple as I like the I like the Lions. That's not great news for me. It means that I can't get that game back. And I told John, I said earlier in the week, what I'm really nervous about is that I'm still a game down going into the Super Bowl, and that gives you, if the Ravens are in it, you would have the opportunity to take the Ravens, and now I would be forced to go the other <laughs> way and then be very conflicted going into the Super Bowl. So I would really like to get a game back this week, and now I'm nervous, so we will see. Uh, I don't really care what everybody else is doing, but what is Ken doing? Ken is, uh, he, he went, yeah, the psychological warfare. He is sticking with his gut. He's taking the 49ers. Okay, so he's still alive. He is. Yeah, he is. Uh, everybody else, I don't really care. Um, I'm on the Lions. I like, Who I like the Lions. Who we are all mostly on the Lions. Uh, Ken was nearly a lone wolf. Jeremy Kahn is taking the 49ers. That's the, not the right person to have on his side, although we've got you on our side, so I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> don't know. Uh, to the AFC Championship, uh, game one on Sunday at 3 p.m. on CBS. Uh, it is uh, the Chiefs at the Ravens. The Ravens. Laying four points on Superbook as of last night. I hope when you said that you're going with both underdogs or that you are leaning towards the underdogs, you meant in both games because I am picking the Ravens here. And this is just a – it's almost reckless, right? The number got up to four. This is the Chiefs we're talking about. But the Ravens have been mauling every good team that they have played, mauling them. And – I just, I, I don't know. They feel like they're playing football at a different level right now. So the Ravens are my pick in the AFC Championship game. All right, I'm sticking to my strategy. Um, I picked against the Ravens last week, well, with the points, but I am sticking with the underdog. I'm taking Kansas City. Okay. All right. Um, so. I I like the strategy. I like my strategy. Is I'm going like if the Ravens win, obviously I'm happy. If Kansas City wins, I'm not happy. But yeah, I'm happy it's, it's the, the it's the old up. hedge. I get it. I get it. It's it's the old <laughs> so, emotional hedge. I don't I don't want to mush. I don't want to mush the Ravens here and pick them this week. I would feel awful if I pick them and the bad thing happens and they lose. What? Um, so yeah, I'm staying with Kansas City. I'm taking. I'm taking the points and uh, rolling with that. So, Well, this means that at 6 o'clock on Sunday, either John will have clinched the title and there will be nothing left to play for, or we will know that we will be tied going yep. into Super Bowl week. So there is the excitement for this on Sunday. Uh, what is Ken doing in this game? Ken, uh, once again, he, uh, he flipped it. Yeah, he is going with the Ravens. He's taking the Ravens in this So game. Ken... Stays alive. Yes. If nice. he goes two and zero this if week, if he goes two and zero, he will be one game back going into the Super Bowl. Yeah. One game back of uh, both of us mm -hmm. going into the Super yeah, Bowl. So true. he stay, stays alive through Thursday. Uh, and then we are pretty much split. Do you want the rest? Or I, mean, I don't. No one cares. Nobody cares. It doesn't uh, Dr. Kelly said he's taking the Chiefs. He's trying to reverse lock it here. He said he's two yeah. and eight when picking uh, against. You the know Ravens. what? You're a good man, Doctor Nick. You're so. a good man. All right, John and Little Rock, I wish you well, my friend. I don't really yeah. because I want the Ravens to win by 100. So I take that back. <laughs> I don't wish you well. Uh, maybe we, May we be tied up going to Super Bowl Sunday. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, no problem. Take That's care. Good. It's our guy, John and Little Rock, John Keller. So there's, uh, there's where we're at, the drama for picks. All comes down to the AFC Championship game. If the Ravens cover, we'll be tied. If the Ravens only win by three or lose, then... It's over. It's over, over at that point. All right.
So that's the deal. Picks brought to you by Superbook. All right. Um, I, I, I want to just a, a couple of things real quick. Um, and then we're going to find out a little bit more about the Orioles caravan going on this weekend. I do want to remind everybody that the print issue, speaking of the Orioles, the print issue of PressBox is still available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Your neighborhood Royal Farms. Or if Royal Farms is your neighbor, I mean, I guess it's available there too. It's at your neighborhood Royal Farms. It is our best of issue from 2023, celebrating the top people, performances, and moments with the Orioles, the team of the year, and our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Brandon Hyde, recognized on the cover. Go get that for free right now. You can read all of it at PressBoxOnline.com with a special section at PressBoxOnline.com slash best of. Well, let's go ahead right now and find out a little bit more because it is a very exciting weekend in Baltimore, not just with the AFC Championship game, but getting underway today the annual Orioles Caravan. Kerry Watson is the Executive Vice President for Public Affairs for the Baltimore Orioles and is with us now here on GCR. Kerry, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up. Thanks so much for squeezing a couple of minutes in for us. Glenn, I'm really happy to be here. It is an exciting weekend. I mean, obviously. The most exciting part of the weekend is what happens on Sunday, but we hope that we can kind of set people up for success. Yeah, kind of add into it, right? Like, it should be immaculate vibes all weekend long for Baltimore sports fans. Um, Carrie, does, you know, does purple and orange go well together? Oh, I, you know, I think everybody in this town agrees. I think everybody I think agrees so. with I that. I think so. Um, you know, Carrie, can you take me through, you know, remind everybody how the caravan came about and why – the Orioles decided, like, this is how we want to try to reach out to our fans where they are instead of asking them to come to us. Yeah, I think everybody loved FanFest. I mean, it was fun. It was exciting. You got big crowds of people coming to meet players and, and, and to, to get an idea of some of the excitement coming on for future seasons. But I think what we figured out is, number one, there's opportunities out there for other parts of our community to meet some of our players and meet our, our, our executives, our front office um, that may not have had the opportunity to do that before. And, and, you know, when you get to fan fest, sometimes the lines get extraordinarily long, gets challenging to get a picture. And so thinking that we could go out and, and pick different communities every year. And certainly people can travel from wherever they want to come and meet us there. But, you know, it, it speaks more to what we're trying to create here in Baltimore and in the region of we are a part of this community writ large. We will come out to you and have a great time. Carrie, it was electric last year with all the guys being out and I was, you know, watching it all unfold. And, you know, I, I can only imagine now now you're the AL East champions. Now you had, you know, one of the most magical seasons in Orioles history. I can only imagine how much demand there has been and how much excitement there has been for the next version of the caravan now that the expectations are through the roof for this team. Isn't it palpable? I mean, you can truly feel the excitement, you know, going into 2024, the expectation. Uh, with expectation, maybe comes a bit of pressure. But, my God, we have some talented players uh, working on this club. And, you know, what's exciting about caravan that just came downstairs from a volunteer event uh, here at the warehouse and to see the number of players in attendance uh, ready to go out and meet folks in, in the community, it, it really speaks to not just, you know, the energy that the organization has, but geez, these are some good guys that really want to meet people, want to take pictures, 
want to give back. Uh, we have a we have a pretty special organization here. He is Kerry Watson, Executive Vice President of Public Affairs for the Baltimore Orioles, with us here on GCR. So, Kerry, I know that um, the demand led to a couple of things maybe already being sold out, but but just run me through where are there still opportunities? You know, if you don't have a ticket yet, what could you still get a ticket to, and what could you still just show up to even without a ticket during the course of the caravan this weekend? Well. If I were an Orioles fan, I would not hesitate very much longer. Um, there's still maybe one or two opportunities at the bowling event. Now, <laughs> if you like some of these players, the idea that you get to like, hang out and bowl with them That's or really maybe cool. go to Top Top Golf in Germantown with some of these players, um, there might be a couple tickets left. I, I checked right before I came in, so I would rush to get to those opportunities. Now there's other things out there. We have a uh, group photo opportunity at the gym of the YMCA in Frederick County. We have um, group photo out in Laurel. Um, some, oh, an event tonight where you can meet Mr. Bird, and, uh, excuse me, the Bird and Mr. Splash at Weiss Markets in Westminster. So, you know, I would go to the website, uh, look at Birdland Caravan, find what opportunities are out there for you and rush to get the tickets. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier today, and yeah, I see it looks like there's just a couple of spots left for Saturday, as you pointed out, the bowling and the golf experiences, and um, a lot of really exciting, you know, players are going to be out there this weekend, and like, I thought it was cool, too, I saw that, like, Zach Britton, like, was going to be on for the event, for the Top Golf that's event, right. like, that's awesome, that's right. right? Zach just announced it his is. retirement, and uh, some mm-hmm. people might associate him with the Yankees, but here's Zach Britton saying, nah, I'm an uh, Oriole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you 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 said a curse word on your radio. A hundred percent. No, I I love I love that Zach Britton is saying no. I identify. That's who I want to be with. I want to show my love to the Orioles. Is the team That's that I want right. to show my love to. That is dope. That is really cool. That he's going to be hanging out. Um, and again, some of these events I know are like uh, at high schools, but they're still just open to the public. The people can just show up for these like fan rallies and Q and A sessions. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We had a uh, kickoff this morning that people could have attended if they wanted to get up really early. But yes, I think we have one in Crofton uh, on Saturday at 1.30. Yep. Fan rally there. We have a fan rally in South Hagerstown High School. Uh, so show up there. Uh, the energy this morning was great. A uh, lot of excitement. You know, I think for a lot of us who are a bit older, a bit more mature, uh, have been at this for a while, not in terms of baseball. Obviously, I'm relatively new to the organization. But uh, looking at the eyes of, of kids who are really excited about this team and, and, and as an organization, I mean, we want to really encourage parents to bring their kids out, meet our guys, um, feel some of the energy that we're bringing to Baltimore. And it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, and, of course, uh, also a big event at Union Craft Brewing on Saturday, which is, you know, just a really cool place to begin with. And an awesome spot to hang out. Griffin's rocking his Union T-shirt um, where uh, there's going to be some uh, guest bartenders. Like, it's just going to be a really, really fun weekend uh, all throughout the course of the weekend. And as Kerry uh, pointed out, just search Birdland Caravan. And you can still find out more details about the events. Carrie, is there anything else that you guys have? I know that like this is such an undertaking that it's probably like taken up every moment of every day of your thought uh, leading up to this weekend. <laughs> but is there anything else on the horizon that you would want to have people be aware about that you guys are working on, or just maybe thinking about this down the road? 
Yeah. Um, well, first of all, obviously we are just a few few weeks away from pitchers and catchers. That's crazy. So right? it is it is wild to think, and a lot of the team where we've been having a lot of meetings prepping for spring training. Uh, again, you know, if you hadn't heard, we have a pretty good farm system. Yeah, I've heard. So I there's going to be a lot, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of competition down there. Some exciting players to watch. Um, maybe there'll be some surprises coming out of spring training like there were last year. Um, and you know, from a piece that's particularly important to me, we're really going to double down our focus on uh, community give back. We are going to really flex our muscles when it comes to giving back to our city uh, and putting our efforts into our energies into things that are going to uplift the city. And there's more to come on that one. But, you know, rest assured, this brand, this organization, and the players even are, are going to be very dedicated to the city of Baltimore. And we are thrilled to death about that. Love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, Carrie, I, you know, first of all, welcome to Baltimore. I should have started that way to begin with. Um uh, it, it's great. I'm a I'm a nearly lifelong Marylander. Okay, but, you know I I uh, recognize that Baltimore is a unique and special place. Yep. that I have chosen to live, and in the four or five months that I have lived literally in the city, um, I've become more in awe and uh, respectful, and 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 I really love this place, and I'm passionate about it already. So that's awesome. Hopefully some of that passion that I feel people will feel from the organization. Well, I think I think that uh, it's uh, set up for another exciting year and uh, we're really fired up about that. Appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning to remind everybody about what's going on. And let's talk again. Right. Let's uh, let's do this as we get into the season again. All right. Absolutely. And go Ravens. Thanks, Carrie. Appreciate it. Carrie Watson, executive vice president of public affairs, for the Baltimore Orioles. Again, uh, the caravan is this weekend all throughout town. Um, I say town. It's not really just town, as he pointed out, like the top golf down in Germantown and out the Hagerstown. It's all over the state, really, um, that the uh, players will be out and uh, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde and just a whole lot going on. Uh, so an opportunity for you to get a touch. You know, we talked about this earlier in the week. I, I, I said FanFest growing up was a big deal for me. I, I get it. And I saw last year and I this isn't you know, me blowing smoke a year ago, I watched these interactions. I watched like the, the guys showing up at the bar and everybody losing their mind and the fan base really seemed to dig it and respond to it. So if it's working for them, cool, cool. Did use like uh you know, another picture still use that. That'd be nice. Can't well, hide from you, that. You saw, right? Yeah, Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. No, 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 oh. not Michael. They, they, they signed. Uh, who did they sign? Sorry, uh, Dan Connolly just tweeted it. Oh. Uh, Ronald Guzman. Oh. And he is. He, uh, he's 29 years old. Okay. He was once a top international signing. Okay. Out of the Dominican Republic. Okay. He was a oh, first baseman. Oh, does that mean he's actually 40? <laughs> uh, did you see that story this week? Um, who was that about? Oh, it was about everybody. There was another. Oh, I like, mean, I, I've seen like stuff about like Albert Pujols being. Well, yeah, but like, that, those stories have gone on forever. Yeah. But there was a big story this week about like the, a uh, uh, almost like a criminal underbelly of. Jeez. Hang on a second. Hang on. I, a second. I've uh, I did not see the story from this week, but I hang I knew on. that that was like a thing. There was a news story this week that was well. that was significant. Um. Oh, God. Now I can't find out where it came from. 
Yeah, I'll pull it. I'll get it. Some, it's not the biggest story today. I don't need to deal with it more than anything else, but you just never know. Debo does just sound like know. he's truly uh, like questionable game time decision, I guess. John Lynch said today, earlier today, that he's doing really well in rehab, uh, and they're they're, incur- they're encouraged, uh, but like the problem is his range of motion, so... He, he, I mean, this is be close, it's hard is to judge it for the playoffs because for the playoffs, if there's any humanly way possible for you to be out there, they're going to figure out a way to put him on the field. Now, is he just out there as a decoy? Is he just out right. there? And part of that is why I lean towards Detroit to cover is just because even if Debo were to play, I don't think he could possibly be 100%. And as we've seen, every time the 49ers don't have their full arsenal, they're just not quite the same. That doesn't mean they won't win. It doesn't mean they're not a serious threat to win the Super Bowl. Just means they're not quite the same anytime they're missing anything. They kind of need like all of the pieces to be that, that juggernaut, that machine that everybody was treating as being the best team in football for so long. And anytime they haven't had that, they have been a bit more human. Doesn't mean they won't win. Doesn't mean Brock Purdy stinks. Doesn't mean any of those things. It's not a hot take. It's a just a take. It's all it is. Brock Purdy officially an MVP finalist as well. All right. As they, well, who are the MVP finalists? Uh, it is Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> What's the point of naming? <laughs> like. This is like the Golden Globes. Like you got to let everybody come out to the the awards ceremonies. You have to nominate them because it's going to help them sell more movies. Like what? Uh, Todd Munkin and Mike McDonald both up for assistant. Who coach. are the assistant coach of the year nominee? Is Ben Johnson one of them? Ben Johnson is, is Bobby Slowick one of Bobby, them. Bobby Slowick is another. Is Dave Canales one of them? Dave Canales is not. You saw he just. Uh, what? Panthers head coach. Oh, that's official. That is, okay. Uh, well, I guess maybe not official, but that well, Rappaport okay. said. All right. If they're Rappaport, agreeing. If Rappaport said it, then I, that's that's as that's good it, as that's official. Yeah. So uh, that's that's one less job that could be available for a Ravens assistant. That is true. That is true, and good thing because I don't know if that's the job. Uh, you know, I, if, is if, it weird if one of them about... takes a job? You know, I want them to have success. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's rough. Um, <laughs> is is it weird that the Falcons haven't hired Bill Belichick yet? Um. I mean, what are they waiting? Are they waiting for? Like, I guess they really like there's McDonald's, no, I guess. What or? more information could they possibly need about Bill Belichick? I would assume at this point that if they haven't hired Bill Belichick, it's because they're not hiring Bill Belichick. So it's Washington, Atlanta. Washington, Atlanta, Tennessee, Tennessee Seattle, right? Or Seattle. Yeah, Tennessee. No, Tennessee has a... Who'd they hire? Uh, who'd they hired? Um, who, Titans they hired hire? a coach? I thought they did. Am I, am I wrong? I'm, I'm I don't wrong. remember them hiring a coach. I mean, you're telling me that they did. I'll, I'll believe you, but... But but I can't think of the name, so maybe you're right. Um. Oh, they hire Brian Callahan. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, Brian Sorry, Callahan. my okay. fault. I completely forgot about. He's got a forgettable name too. So yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing too is that like it kind of came out of nowhere. Um. Yeah. Brian Callahan. Sorry, is the new Titans head coach. So it's Seattle, Washington. Well, that's why it was funny. Well, because what's her face? Uh. Uh. uh she said when she fired Vrabel, she was like, "We wanted to get out and ahead, you know, of the head coaching search to get Brian Callahan." Sure. <laughs> I guess. I guess it will. And don't we'll get me say. wrong. Like the the Bengals had a very good offense. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I, I I don't know that Brian Callahan's a bad hire, but is he a better coach than Mike Vrabel? Bill Belichick. Bill. I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, you appreciate that because again, another team that didn't hire a Ravens coordinator. Appreciate you, pimps. Um, so <laughs> we're down. It's just the three then: Washington, yes. Atlanta, Seattle, Seattle are the only three jobs that are left. Correct. Do we Where know who Seattle go? has 
Dan Quinn is. Uh, he's getting a second interview oh, okay. today. Dan Quinn is. I think he's. A, I think he'd be a great hire. Um, I, I saw think there was a what a dynamite hire that would be for Seattle. Let's. Just got to tell you, really do, bring back the Legion great, of Boom. Doing a great job, sweetie. You're just doing a phenomenal Joe job. Joe Flacco is a finalist for comeback player of the year. Who are the other? Demar. Why, why would there be any more than two? Demar Hamlin, Joe Flacco, and that just end the list there. Baker Mayfield. Sure. Matthew Stafford. For coming I mean, back, like he was hurt. Yeah, but, he was hurt. Uh, like, it's not, Tua. I mean, like I feel like typically when you're okay now, Tua is this is the, in a normal year the Tua story yeah. would be more interesting because like it's easy to forget that we were ready to have Tua retire a year ago. In a normal year where there weren't these dramatic other stories, Tua's story would stand out, but it doesn't even it barely registers. Was defensive rookie of the year obvious? I guess. Uh, Will Anderson. Will or, Anderson. I mean, I assume Jalen Carter is nominated. Jalen Carter, Joey Porter Jr. Okay. Kobe Turner and Devin Witherspoon, or Devon Witherspoon. Okay. And the could be any of them. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, C.J. Stroud. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Robinson. Bijan. Yes. Uh, Jordan Addison. Not Jordan Addison. Interesting. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. The other one's obvious. He'll. The other one's obvious. Who am I? The other one's obvious. Yeah. Is it Zay? No. Zay. Yeah, Zay was not up. Is there another quarterback that I'm blanking on? No, wide on? receiver. No. Oh, Puka, right. Yeah, what am I doing? My bad. <laughs> like, um, what the hell? I don't see any other. Defensive player of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year, the nominees would be Micah Parsons. Correct. Miles Garrett. Correct. TJ Watt. Correct. Say Deron Bland. Correct. Going to go five for five. I'm not going to get this one because it's, it's just not obvious whoever the fifth one is. The four were obvious. The fifth one is... I don't know. AFC West. Max Crosby? Max Crosby. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Coach I'm of in. the year. John Harbaugh is Coach up. of the year. Oh, okay. John Harbaugh's up. So Stefanski. Stefanski. Uh, D'Amico. D'Amico. Shouldn't have given you Harbaugh. Kyle Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan. And... I mean, this is where... Like, who cares? Because they're, they're not winning it. But I'll say it's... Um, uh, ah. Still coaching this weekend. Oh, Dan Campbell. Dan yeah, Campbell. Of course. So kind of, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. everything that we talked about. The it's Chiefs. funny before the season, Dan Campbell was like a lock to right. be coach of the year, and then that the problem being, we actually had expectations for the Lions this year, so we're not even all that like blown away by the fact. We talk about the like talk about the Chiefs this week. Like it feels like Andy Reid isn't getting as much credit as probably. But that's he because should. the reg. The, yeah, because they've been there, it, and I mean, it doesn't. But you don't include the postseason. Right, right. The voting is all just for the regular season. At the end of the regular season, the Chiefs were. Yeah, you know, like all of a sudden we have feelings about them again. They won their division they, by default, and right, yeah. like they 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 didn't have a particularly great season. It's that now they're starting to put things together in the postseason. Oh, last one, offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. Well, okay. The question is, did they nominate Lamar or not? Is it just non-quarterbacks? Um, Were any quarterbacks okay. nominated? Quarterbacks two. Two quarterbacks. So two Lamar. Lamar. And Purdy. Not Purdy. It's pretty funny. Uh, Dak. <laughs> The Dak, yeah. Okay. So Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Christian McCaffrey. And then Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. And boy. Boy. A.J. Brown? Not A.J. Brown. C.D. Lamb? C.D. Lamb, yeah. Okay. I just thought that maybe they would not have two Cowboys on the list, and so they would go the other way. Of course but. they would. 
All right, very good, very good. Those are the. I don't know why we did that exercise, um, but can we yeah, replace sorry. tidbit with that? Like, is, uh, can that yeah. just be tidbit? Uh, I guess we can. Yeah. Would tidbit hold tomorrow? Oh uh, yeah. All right, tidbit will. was brought to you today. Guess the nominees was brought to you today by Project Game Day, which will return uh, this Sunday. It will likely be at night. We are working through the what if the Ravens. Li- I don't want to talk about it, so we're just sort of planning on Project Game Day being after the NFC Championship game, and if the Ravens lose. We'll figure it out. It's just it's it's awkward on two ends. One, if the Ravens win, we know you're going to want to celebrate. And two, we know you're going to want to watch the other game. So if you spend 30 minutes celebrating, well, then we're right into the next game. So we think that the way to do it is we'll be with you for Project Game Day following the NFC Championship game. That's the plan. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michael, Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, Project Game Day, myself, Rita, Femi, KZ, Steck, uh, Josh Charles. I don't know who from the crew is going to be in with us for game day this week because, like, everybody's going to the game. <laughs> like, everybody is. It's also part of the reason why it makes sense for us to do it after the NFC Championship game. But uh, hoping to have uh, the good bulk of the crew with us for game day. By the way, uh, John and Little Rock said that he meant while he was on the air to bring up. Didn't get to say it on air, but it's always blue cheese on wings. Thank you. Always. I always, Ten I times that because blue cheese is for like adults. I don't Ranch like, is for children. Blue cheese is gross. No, it's not. That is. No, it's not. You just think that because you're a a, a rube. You're a rube and a boob, oh. and you think that because you're like, oh, it's mold. Like, no, all cheese is mold. Like you're. And I like cheese, but I don't. You're, you're I don't just like blue you're cheese. just a giant it's doofus. Weird. It's it's, it's fine. I love you, but you're a giant doofus, and that's okay. Oh, well. One day you'll recognize it. One day you'll grow into it. It's okay. It, I swear. It's okay. I, I hated sauerkraut for most of my life. And oh, I do like day, sauerkraut. One day I woke up and I was like, why did I hate sauerkraut? I love sauerkraut. Sauerkraut's amazing. <laughs> I still don't eat it like every day, but it's a New Year's staple in oh, our yeah. family. I feel like I could eat it every day. Pork and sauerkraut is a 10 and a half, and I have no idea why I spent so much of my life not understanding the greatness of sauerkraut. I liked because my brother and sister didn't like it, and I was like, "Oh, perfect! All more the leftovers, for, more for me. Yeah, yeah all the leftovers. Right? That's that. That's a market inefficiency. That's yeah. well done, sir. It's next level stuff. Uh, he did also add, "It's always house honey mustard on chicken fingers." Again, if you can find a house honey mustard, if I would agree with that, but but I would also add, if and it's shameful, but there are some locations that we go to, and my kids will still order chicken fingers at like a barbecue place, and I hate that, and I furious about it but it's the way it goes and so if they have legitimate barbecue sauce there i'll take and i'll i'll go with some barbecue sauce but otherwise i agree with that uh and never tartar on crab cakes this is i'll take this to my grave you're putting tartar sauce on a crab cake either a throw the crab cake in the trash or throw yourself in the trash either get a better crab cake or don't eat crab cakes I think this is part of what made me not a great – no, I was a good waiter at Greenmount Station because whenever someone would order a crab cake, never thought to ask, do you want cocktail or tartar? Because well, you don't need it. Crab cakes are good. So Greenmount didn't have a bad crab cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it wouldn't be in the top – Like They've been uh, Carroll County uh, – I guess they've been mm, an honorable mention for several years. But It was always an awkward thing <laughs> with me when like when, – because we did some shows at Greenmount over the years and we had some events out there. And – um they want me to talk up the crab cakes, and it's always tricky for me because there are some things that, like, I will not lie about. I just won't. And all I could say is, like, they're good. Can we maybe advertise something else? The Smithfield sub. 
I, I would tell you, uh, you know, it was amazing at Green Mountain Station was their uh, asparagus. I know this oh, is yeah, sound yeah, weird. Grilled asparagus. They did the grilled asparagus it's with the great. Montreal steak seasoning. They were the ones that got me to start doing Montreal steak seasoning on my mm. asparagus when I grill it. Uh, that came. That's a direct ripoff from Green Mountain Station. Out effing standing. Their asparagus was a ten and a half. Their crab cakes. For, for solid crab cakes. Uh, for being right good. by my house and having crab it's fine. cakes. Fine. Yeah, I hear you. I was a fan always. But I like for me. <laughs> I'm a company man too. I, I'm a weird. <laughs> that's fine. I have a weird thing about crab cakes. You're either in the upper echelon or I'm not eating them. Like I'm just. I don't have time in my life for okay to good crab cakes. Man, no, I I'm either crab. getting the best crab cakes. I will have something else. Sweet chili salmon and cream out. Also very good. I don't think I ever had it. I'll believe you Sweet on chili that. Salmon. I'll believe you on yeah. that. All right. Uh, very good. What was I? What Speaking was... of good places with chicken tenders, the green turtle. Yes. There you go. Look at you. Go ahead. The green turtle every Thursday. Uh, they now have live in-person betting. So every Thursday at their locations at Towson and Canton, uh, they're offering you a free $10 bet at the Green Turtle Sportsbook. Going on. You can use it on whatever you'd like. You can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. So go check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and, uh, and Canton. Go pick up your free bet make some money while enjoying some good food. Their chicken tenders uh, is our recommendation of the day. Uh, and, uh, and enjoy some sports tonight at the Green Turtle. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, uh, here's what's coming up tonight and overnight, totally tubular-wise, as Griffin brought it up earlier. Towson, do you have the official line? Um, I saw it was one and a half earlier. All right, double-check on Superbook real quick. Uh, I will double-check. All right, uh, Towson hosts Drexel tonight, 7 o'clock. Unfortunately, it's not on Monumental. It's on MeTV Baltimore and also on Flow Hoops, Drexel and Towson tonight at 7. ESPN Plus, Mount St. Mary's at Quinnipiac at 7.30. The... Down to minus one Nine, minus for the one. Tigers, and you like it? I do. I All do. Right. I think it's gonna, it's definitely a tough t- tough task, but uh, you know, I think it should be a raucous crowd. Students are just moving back into campus on the campus, I believe. So hopefully, right. uh, hopefully, good good turnouts. Australian Open men's semifinals. Uh, the one that you can stay up for tonight at ten thirty is the good one. Novak Djokovic, Yannick Sinner. I would tell you, I'm gonna put. American dollars. Like what I should do because I have American dollars on Sinner to win the Australian Open is I should now hedge and put American dollars on Djokovic tonight. But I'm not. I'm going all in on Yannick Sinner. I'm all the way in. Won two out of three meetings against Djokovic. I get it. They were both three setters. In Plus the fall. 170 right now, Sinner. I am riding. By the way, that's that's also really surprising. Like I told you the numbers were wrong the other night for the Alcaraz Varev match. That number. You is, should be even closer? Is No, no, no. What I would oh. say is I'm surprised by that because the numbers were so wrong for Alcaraz-Zverev. Uh, I expected it to be a bigger number for center tonight. So that's a little bit of a bummer because you're not getting that much action on center. But I still like it. I'm going center tonight. Uh, that's 10.30. And then overnight tonight, uh, 3.30 a.m., Daniil Medvedev and Alex Zverev. Um, the rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Monumental has Jazz Wizards at 7. Uh, TNT, the NBA All-Star announcement tonight at 7. Then Celtics Heat, 7.30. Kings Warriors at 10. I guess they're not too worried about any Wizards being announced as All-Stars. So like, go, go ahead, play your game at 7. We'll announce the All-Stars over on another channel. Yeah. You go, you go yeah. ahead, do your thing. 
we'll do our thing. All right. Um, and then uh, Golf Channel for round one of the PGA Farmers Insurance Open. Oh, sorry, this is round two because they played round one yesterday. They do it through Saturday so that the Jim Nance can call that and football this weekend. That's at 3 o'clock on the Golf Channel. Access TV for TNA, TNA Impact at 8. Non-sports? Um, let's see. Just a couple. Uh, Martin Scorsese is going to be on Stephen Colbert um, because, I guess, Killers at the Flower Moon. Maybe they're doing like an Oscars push. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel's going to have Milo Ventim- Ventimiglia, right? Yeah, that's right. And then Divine Joy Randolph, she was in uh, The Holdovers, um, which uh, which is also now streaming, I believe, on Peacock as well. Um, Jimmy Fallon's going to have Timberlake because he's uh, on SNL this week. And then Netflix is Griselda. This is the Sofia Vergara Yeah, I've been uh, seeing, right, I've been seeing a little bit yeah. about that. Um, have you watched American Nightmare? Uh, no. Is that the uh, Cody Rhodes? No. 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 Although he is the American know, Nightmare, like, good is this, call. Is this a Cody Rhodes thing? No, American Nightmare was a three-part doc about. I don't remember this story. A woman went missing in California, and everyone believed it to be the boyfriend at first. Then they found like she showed back up, and everybody thought it was a Gone Girl thing. Like they thought mm. that she was doing a Gone Girl bit, and then like months later. They found the perpetrator, and it was awful. Like she was assaulted. It was a whole terrible thing, and it's I mean, it's a wild three-part story. Like this one, it, like it, it's. All right. I'm all not right. a true crime like person in general, but every now and then somebody will recommend one to me, and this one was recommended to me, and I watched it, and like it, it is really mind blowing about like how badly they screwed up the case, and then. Is there still a chance there's more to the story? Some like it is wild, Jack. Right. I watched I watched that this week. Okay. Um, Peacock new episode of The Traitors, and then in the know this is this uh, that like NPR radio hosts semi animated series uh, with with apparently Kevin Smith is involved in. So uh, in the know new series on Peacock. I like I sure. like Kevin Smith. I just don't know if this one's for me. Um, I think you might be right. Don't know if that's the case. <laughs> All right. Very good. Tubular was also brought to you today by Goose Flights, which is available. Cans at Glory Days Grill, at Guilford Hall Brewery, at Costas Inn. It's available in six packs as well at at, uh, Guilford Hall Brewery and Costas Inn. Oh, oh, today, now available in cans at Alonzo's. Roland Park. Alonzo's now carrying cans of Goose Flights lager. So add that to the list. We're excited about that. And then you can go to the wine source in Hamden to get six packs or cases of Goose Flights. And remember, it's the beer is delicious, the can's a collector's item, and it, the important part is that we are celebrating the legacy of the great ter- Tony Saragusa and lifting up his family and what they're trying to do, his vision with Goose Flights to provide non-emergency medical transport for those that are in need. 198 of every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation. So Goose Flights available all over town. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. All right. Thanks today to Ian Eagle. Thanks also to Tracy Wolfson, as well as to um, Sal Palantonio. Yes. We'll get all that in picks up in the greatest hit section of the Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stan is in tomorrow. Also tomorrow, we'll preview the Chiefs with Dane and Hughes, their color analyst. Also tomorrow, Brian Billick 
joins us, and uh, Jason McCord. We're yes. going to do double the McCordys this week. Oh, yeah. Had Devin yesterday. Jason will join us. He's on the Westwood One broadcast and Stuff and Things. Oh, uh, yeah. Stuff and Things. Uh, oh. Oh, Bo. Bo. Oh, right. Bo. And also Trey Mancini is oh, going to yes. join us. So tomorrow, yes. you know, might have seen that uh, Trey uh, signed with the Marlins this week. That that really isn't the reason why we reached out to Trey. Uh, tomorrow would be Mo Gabba's 18th birthday. So we're going to spend a couple minutes uh, celebrating Mo. With Trey Mancini, it was a happy accident last year that we had booked Trey, and it turned out the day we booked him for was Mo's birthday. So kind of want to make a tradition now moving forward that we chat with Trey on Mo's birthday. All right, thanks to today to everybody at PressBox. Thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Towson. Duke sucks.